Good morning. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca, and this is the next episode of The Blind View. And we have several people joining us today. So we'll just get started and people can introduce themselves as we go along. Um, so who would like to get started with their topic today? I'll go first. Okay, go ahead, Joetta. That is not me. That was Adrian. <coughs> oh, go ahead, Adrian. So <laughs> please say your name. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> okay, so introduce yourself before you get started, if you're new or whatever. How has technology impacted everyone's life? Um, I'll speak on that. Um, my name is Kimberly Parks. Um, I use technology every single day. Um, I've been um, keeping a journal um, in a Word document um, with JAWS on my computer, my laptop. Um, I use VoiceOver um, so that I can better understand what's going on on my phone. Um, we use, oh, we just bought an Echo Show. And um, it is awesome, actually, once you, get, once you figure out how to get the accessibility features um, installed correctly. Um, I can show it products and ask it what I'm holding. Um, and it has a few thousand different products um, that it can identify. Um, so that's kind of cool. It, um, it's, it's, it's more convenient than taking out my iPhone every time and asking CAI to look up what I have in my hand um, and it will tell me a little bit about the product which is really neat too so I think I use technology um, a lot <laughs> yeah. I see for me I started in, 19, in 1995 with JAWS way back then then I switched to Mac in 2014 and I had an iPod Fourth generation, oh, yeah. which still works surprisingly, which that is a surprise to hey, me. Guys, we all have so many technology stories. We could do a whole show on technology. <laughs> totally. If we come up with a more narrow topic for today's okay. show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or else we're all just going to talk about technology. Because <laughs> I could talk forever about technology, and I think we all. Oh, yeah. Right. So, what do we want to do? Do we all want to just talk about technology today? I'm not with everybody wants to do. I that. have my own little separate topic, but okay. So then, so can we do that? Then can we just narrow down the topics and yeah, wait for technology? Yeah. And maybe next week sure. we can focus on technology. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Adrian, but no. I'm just trying to a bit more focused. Okay, What's go up, ahead. Leon? That's fine. Yeah. Huh? Who's, what'd you say? Go ahead, Leon. You got um, the floor. Well, my topic is, you know, me and Joy to discuss this the last couple of days. It's about when you try to tell people and they just don't want to listen. Mm. You know, mm. when you try to warn somebody and warn and warn people, and they just don't want to take heed to your message until it's too late, you know. What kind of warnings are you referring to exactly? Anything. It's more just like, hey, like preparing for a rainy day or... We know we all know what's going on in this country right now. Um, stuff like that, you know, preparing. And people just don't want to take your they don't care. 
us, a lot of them just they didn't even know. And you try to um and you try to educate them what's going on, and it's just it, they don't care. But you, you kind of want to care about these people because they're your friends and family. You know, that's the that's yeah. what I want to know. Have have y'all come across that? So kind of like what's important to them isn't necessarily as important to you. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it's what it's more like. Eventually, it is going to it is going to uh, uh, impact you. Eventually, right. Now, see, mm-hmm. the, I think the problem is that as human beings, we all have different things that we find important in life and find mm-hmm. a hold of high significance, and then. It, even as Americans, we, we have stuff that we tend to hold with higher regard than other things. You know what I mean? And so I think it kind of trickles down and is the answer to this. You know, understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think it's just that different people view it differently, so they present it differently, you know? Well, my thing was is this, like, okay, we all know, like, in – on um Seattle, I mean I'm not in, but on I'm sorry, I'm messing up. In Seattle, you know, Oregon, and um I think Chicago, you know, I'm worried too because it it, it can hit, impact me because the mayor lives down the street from me. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't like what he says, they can march through here, and my my friends don't live too far from me either. They can get impacted too. You know, these idiots literally. Uh, they looted a Ronald McDonald house in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Kids can't even get the treatment they need. These people are just terrorizing them. You know, it's sad. That's why I was trying to warn my friends and the family, but they didn't even know it was, that it was that it was even going on since this protest and stuff started. And that's what's well, scary to me. It's like it's like it's turn the. It's like lunacy is running loose on our streets, lawlessness and lunacy and a bunch of ill reputes who, whose mission in life is to cause the most destruction and anarchy, you know, chaos to bring upon, you know, civil unrest here in the United States. You know what I mean? Uh, that's scary. It's like, that is just scary. Even it here it's happening. It's yeah, another but, unknown. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, you're saying like I'm one, like I, I, I explained to y'all the last couple of weeks, you know, prepare, but and I think y'all, y'all done that. I don't know if you have, but I'm just assuming to some extent, but some people, they just don't care. But once I asked, what are going to do when it comes to your front door? They don't know. I mean, I don't know either, but you know, I'm prepared somewhat, but I'm um, saying, but I'm, I'm trying to warn people before they don't, they get caught up in it, then they don't know what to do. Hey, Leon, would you be able mm-hmm. to repeat that last paragraph because you broke up really oh, bad? Sorry, sorry, sorry. The time is in that's going out now. Um, I was saying, I was telling my friends and family, what are you going to do when it comes to, you know, these people start rioting down the street and they're coming to your your neighborhood. What are you gonna? And then you get caught off guard because you didn't know it was it was happening. You know what are you gonna do? You know I've given several things like, hey, you have family and other, you know, deep in the country, go out there. 
I got cussed out the other day for that. I'm like, okay, well. Wow. That's messed up. Yeah, I'm like, well, you know, I can't help you no more, so, okay. Mm, don't come to I'll, me when... I'll see this. Um, when, when you're a bystander from behind and you're not caught in the thick of it, it's easy to have an opinion and it's easy to plan. But when you get thrown into the mix of things, um, you never know how you're truly going to react. And we're all human and we all do things out of common reaction and um, sense of survival as opposed to um, what's maybe logical. Um, so that might be um, something to also put into your plan. What would I do if I panicked? Well, you know, I always, me and Joetta discussed this too about the story of Noah's Ark. You know, I'm not going to get in it because I don't know anybody's religious background, so I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. So, but I'm saying, you know, we all, most of us probably know, do know the story of it. You know, and look what happened. You know, what, is, what does Noah's Ark symbolize? You know? God's provision for his people. Mm-hmm. And you, and you were warned, but the thing was, it's, it was too late. By the time the flood, the rain started, it was too late. You know, you 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 have been warned several times. Absolutely. And you know, then you didn't take heed to it. Now it's just, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I want to tell all of us on this panel today too. You know, if you can, get try to get the message out to your friends and family because it's getting really, really serious out there. I mean, I mean, they attacked the Ronald McDonald House. That's that's just sad. Mm -hmm. You know, and they and they just the Seattle Police Department just um, voted to defund the police. I mean, the police chief just stepped down yesterday. So it's getting, and you have truck drivers don't even want to deliver to these cities now. Mm. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's getting really, really scary out where it's been. Scary, it's getting scarier. It's getting scarier. So, guys, there's so much scary stuff going on in our world right now and in our country. I've been kind of thinking about something. So, mm -hmm. we're kind of scattered around. And as we continue to do the show and we bring more people come and go, right. why don't we try to, like, share stories in our areas that we're hearing about to – to let people know, you know what I mean, about what's going on in our neck of the woods. You know what I mean? Okay. Because uh -huh. there's so much crazy stuff going on, and you you know, you don't know if you can believe everything you hear on the news, and our perspective as blind people is unique. So if we share, you know, our perspective on what's going on in our neighborhoods and in our communities, maybe it will help people, you know? Uh -huh. I mean, maybe at least it will help people know what's going on in their world a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mean like a personal, just like in our city? Like, like, so anything, really. Honestly, I've been thinking about it for a while. I was thinking about, like, correspondents who could go and, like, go to their state's NFB convention and do an on-location uh, interview with people. That's what I was thinking initially, but since all this crazy stuff has broke out, I thought, you know, 
all those same people are still scattered all over. And if they hear about something crazy that's going on in their, their neighborhood or their city or their state that is of interest to the blind community or to the world in large, maybe they could take their iPad out and do a quick video about it. You know, <clears throat> If it's in their neighborhood and they can be on scene, they could even show what's happening with their, their iPad or their iPhone. You know, and they could just interview people on the scene about it. You know uh, what I mean? How about I go to Austin after the election? I might not make it back, but... Yeah, like you could go to Austin and interview, I don't know, that's what I'm talking about, maybe, but what do you guys think about that, maybe, at some point? Well, there are people, there are people that are doing that, and it's causing more confusion um, within what's really happening um, in society. I know that um, there was a big... Um, um, get together at the state capitol this week um, for a school for a bunch of East Valley school districts um, because they want their kids to all go back to school and um, so they were trying to talk lawmakers into allowing their kids to go back to school in person and um, there are school districts that actually do have in person right now and I feel like um, there maybe people aren't in touch with the right sources. Excuse me. Um, so maybe taking things to the street isn't always a good idea because it just gets people hyped up um, without getting all the actual facts. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's showing like, a different side of it. It shows a different side of it. It does show a different side of it. I wouldn't say that necessarily negative, but it does no. show a different. It does show a different side. But you um, also have to be really careful because you got these nuts out there right now, running around with guns and stuff. Here you are trying to get your perspective on what's going on, and who's to say one of them fools won't come up and try to, you know, start something with you. I was going to say that it, that's a little bit dangerous. It's a little bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, just like not being able to see what's going on around you um, while you're doing that. That is a little dangerous. I know a group um, in St. Louis that um, they're always at the different protests and they go on the scene for like um, different events, not just protests, but they're uh, they can see, and a lot of times they end up having to run with their camera and stuff like that. So oh, that could be a little bit dangerous. So let me clarify, guys. I was thinking, like, in-person interviewing, like, at NFB conventions and stuff. That's what I was thinking before this pandemic hit. What I'm thinking now, like, if you hear about anything crazy going on in your neighborhood, you don't really have to go look at it. I mean, if it's dangerous, but just give a little report about what you heard. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I kind of like, well, I'm just a general member of the general public and this is what's going on in my neighborhood as far as what my neighbors are saying. And Because, like, as a blind person, and I live in Mesa, I have several friends and family or people just that I meet. Like, when I go out and lift, I'll just ask people, I'll be like, so how is this pandemic affecting your life or how are, have these riots affected your life? And I'm getting <laughs> stories from these people and those are the kinds of information I'm thinking we could be sharing, you know? 
hope y'all didn't hear that. I'm so, so sorry. These idiot fools, are, I think they are popping rounds at each other, these morons. What's going on, Leon? I think these little, these little project game bangers are shooting at each other. Oh my gosh, are you safe? Oh my. Wow, are you gonna... I'm okay. I'm, I mean, I'm used to it by now, but I hope y'all did not hear that. We didn't. Okay. No. I think they went down the street. Let them keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I hate that that they built these these project apartments over here. I hate I hate that. What's What's the biggest problems with the projects? It brings, oh, look what it brings. <laughs> is it, <laughs> what is it, it brings? Or is wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you really ask that question? What's everything? <laughs> Did she really ask that question? Everything oh, is the answer. No. I, I, I'm a person. When I, I, I'll I explain it to you. Um, something that needs to be made better, I, I right away try to think of ways to make it better. And well, that's you can make it better. It's just, projects, but I know they need help, so I've been trying to figure out a way to help the project. Um, sweet, uh, well, hold on. I got it, Leon. I got okay. it. Becca. What? I'm the oldest in this bunch. I've lived a lot longer, and I've seen a lot of stuff. But let me tell you one thing right here and now. Mm-hmm. It don't matter how much you put into something to try to make things better. It's that element of people that don't give up. Excuse my language. Right. A, fat ra- a fat rat's ass in hell what you put out there. They just assume tear it up, F it up, and mess it up for those that really want something out there. Those are people so, who don't have any true ambition to succeed, and therefore they destroy your right, head. right. So that's what I'm saying. It don't matter what you do. There's a lot of folks. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of folks in the projects that are really trying to get up a leg up in life and do something better for themselves. Because it isn't about where you came from. It's what you're trying to get to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but then you got these a holes. And as men and women both, hello, uh, they would rather stay trapped in that situation and swerping down, the man's putting us down, this and that, that and this. Everything but getting up off their own behinds and doing something about their lives instead of trying to blame it on somebody else. And no matter what you do, no matter how much money you pour into it, landscaping, uh, uh, renovations, better schools. I'm so serious. We, we got plenty of schools around it, here. It doesn't matter. It's not that. It doesn't just, matter. That's the whole point. It does not mindset. matter. It. That. Thank you. That's what See, I'm saying. Um. I, I got now. Let, let me go, Joetta, with this. It's I'm just. Sorry. Um. <laughs> okay. Can of worms. Can of worms. When me and my um, when me and my parents moved over here in '97. We had a country club over here, okay? Mm-hmm. Tell me, several years later, they closed it down. The element, mm-hmm. baby. The element. Mm-hmm. They just pushed them out. They, yeah, yep. they, they, they said, these, and these were multi-million dollar homes at one point. And they now, didn't want to be bothered with not, that not, element. Not the, not the neighborhood we live in, but just down the street where the country club mm-hmm. was at. They, they, and they got tired of these, these little hoodlums 
you know, going um, on a golf course, stealing the golf balls and golf carts. Mm-hmm. They got tired of them, like, we can't handle it no more. And, and just up and left. But this was once one of the mo- one, one of the up-and-coming neighborhoods in, in Houston. That's why we moved over here. But you forget, we are still down from the, from the hood, just down the street from the hood. And Becca, I understand um, where you're coming from because I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, well, not kind of, I'm in the same frame of mind as you. Um, what can be done? Like, what can be done to change that mindset? How can we help these people be more ambitious? That's how I think they have to have, they have to want it for one thing. There it is. But a, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of people, were raised that way. It comes from a lack of supervision, a lack of parenting, a lack of counsel. Some people lose hope and they're just like, this is the way we live. This is it. This is all we know. And they need help and they need, um, some of them don't know that there's a better way because they've never left the project. I actually spoke to speak to my father about this all the time. There are some people who have never been outside of their projects, not for work, for school or anything. So they don't know any other way. And because of the element, a lot of people are scared or just not willing to go in there and talk to them or show them that there's a better way. They, there's a lack of mentorship. The only people who are raising, for instance, these teenage boys who are out here doing wrong are their friends they're raising each other i just i was in a relationship with a man and him and his cousins are all around the same age and they all raise each other and none of them are going anywhere fast and their parents when you look parents um aren't that much better than them so it's a mindset um and you some at some point you have to take responsibility for yourself but some people never learn how to take responsibility. I know people who were raised in the project and they worked very hard to get out of the project. They did everything that they could. They got student loans, everything, so they could go away to college and they did better for themselves. And they tried to go back to home and help the people there. But again, the mindset. So you can save some, but you can't save everybody. My father always, he tells me all the time, Jen, you can't save the world. And I said, well, if you could save one person, you've done something. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't not try because of the element, but there is that, that element that keeps the project the way that it is. What bothers me um, is that um, as a blind person with low income, when I'm looking for housing, they want to put me in the worst Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can't see and it is dangerous out Jennifer, there so this is not where I want to live <laughs> Jennifer, girlfriend, you need to introduce yourself because you're new on the show People don't even I, know, know. I know, I'm sorry I came in late and I didn't want to be rude yeah. I was having technical difficulties Right. Just go ahead and introduce that yourself. That sounds like me last week <laughs> I was having so many problems yeah. but um, I'm I'm Jennifer. Jennifer Strath. I'm from Jennifer's Open Book. So, hi everybody. What's your name? Hey, from? You know, and I am. I'm so sorry. I was late. I was so late. But <laughs> what's your name, from, Jennifer? I'm sorry. Where are you? Where are you from? I am from a lot of places. <laughs> oh come I live in, on! 
No, I live in Las Vegas. I was born in St. Louis. I was raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, oh, then I understand I, why you said I, a lot of places. Right. And I moved to Las Vegas from St. Louis because I moved back to St. Louis for a while. So, yeah. I understand. <laughs> but, but I, I can back up what you was it. talking about, too. I can back up what you just said. I was raised in the projects, not apartments, but duplex houses. Okay. Not much better the apartments because it's all close together. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I went, I went away to college the year I graduated high school and the same year my mother died. I went to college. I had to stop college because of my father. I went to work. I held down three jobs. And when I went back into my re the old area where I used to live, I like, oh God, no. Because I think I've talked about this between uh, Leon and Becca before. Within one year's time, people I went to school with who had respect for their parents were actually fighting their parents. Oh my. Okay, putting folks in the hospital and stuff. People were going through people's houses that they used to respect, tearing up stuff, stealing stuff, whatever it took, they did it because they did not want to get up and do something right. They figured the best way to do things was to get things out of other people's places, steal other people's things. Even so much as going there and steal jewelry, TVs, VCR, whatever they can get quick money for. That's what they did. So I swore up and down, I would never walk back up in there again. I did five years later with my first child. Went to go see an old friend of my mom's because she called me and asked me to see the baby. I was there for two hours and I got out of there before dark because I noticed how the neighborhood had completely changed. This is 10 years later. So I understand where you're coming from. Some of that element, though, refuses to change. Not because they don't want to, they refuse to. They'd rather sit on their butts, sell drugs or whatever, than go out and get a legitimate job and work to get up out of that situation. And then uh -huh. they just sit there and complain and gripe. But they could change that if they really wanted to. They choose not to. It is a choice. Okay, you guys. I'm sorry, I appreciate that all three of you are very familiar with the projects, but here's the thing, we can complain all day about this. Can we suggest some I'm solutions? not complaining, I'm just telling. Okay, does anybody have a solution to offer these people? Yeah, Ideas change of, your mindset. That's, okay, that's how the do you best. do that? You have to, it has to come from within. You have to want to do, you have to want to. That's the thing, it's like Jennifer and Joetta said, and I've said it, you know, we've all had first-hand experience with this. It's the mindset. What's that saying? You can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to, you have to do it. I was born up in the same, in the same area. 
But you know what? But you know what? I had both parents. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw my, again, my dad and my mom get up every morning and go to work. You know, so th- when they put that in, when I saw that, it, it, it got um, engraved in me to go do it. You know, I want to learn di- different stuff. I want to learn different cultures. I want to go on a, I literally want to go on, on the other side of town because I know it was way different than over here. You I know, would say the best thing to do is to lead by example. And if possible, yeah. get, get more. Um, the best place to reach, the, 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 first of all, the best people to reach are the children. The adults are a lot of times set in their ways. Um, and I think that if they had more, um, do they even have career day at schools anymore? And what I'm saying is in that area, they truly, truly need a career day or a career week. They need to see people who are doing more mm-hmm. than what they're seeing every day they need to see something different they're not seeing anything different and you wouldn't believe how many children I know a 12 year old girl um personally her parents are not the best parents she her living situation is not the best living situation and she wants out so bad she wanted out when she was 10 she want she was a 10 year old little girl like I can't deal with this she's mm-hmm. 10 is what I'm saying. And she's not getting what she need at, needs at home or in her neighborhood. The best place to reach these children and to let them know that there is a better life is in school. So Jennifer, what they need in schools are volunteers because, of course, schools don't have the funding to pay people to come in there and talk to the kids. So more successful people need to volunteer to go to these schools and talk to these children and work with these children and maybe work with the counselors so that once they reach that age where they're making decisions about their future, they have guidance and they don't have to think like, oh, I'm never going to be able to go to college because I can't afford it. Well, somebody can help them find grants. They can help them sign up for scholarships. They can help them, you know, football players and basketball players and people in sports and everything. They are not the only people who get scholarships. They're academic scholarships. You know what I mean? And these kids don't know that. They don't know that because they're not getting the right guidance because everybody wants to get paid. There are not very many people who want to volunteer. And like I said, some people don't even want to go in that area. They're afraid to go in that area. Go in those schools and help those kids. That's Those are the ones who truly need help. And don't discount the teenagers. There are a lot of teenagers who want out there are a lot of bad teenagers they don't know any better and they don't know that they can have a better life i hate how they treat the teenagers it's like we all forgot what it was like to be teenagers i remember hormonal imbalances um pretty much bipolar for real like mood swings having to live up to trying to live up to your peers your parents are pressuring you and you just want out you don't know where to go and what to do like I'm telling you guys this because I still I hated being a teenager. <laughs> I hated it. Oh, it Jennifer, cool. on one of our previous episodes, I talked about putting people in the schools to bring you know a different message to the kids. And what I'm envisioning is life coaches and all the life. Yes, there's so actual many counselors. Yeah. Yes. Can I can I can I can I interject with a little bit? What? What, Liam? 
I'm, I can enjoy what Jennifer and with um with with you, Becca, first about the life coaches, like these so-called counselors. Like my very first time doing the show with 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 you and Joetta, I mm-hmm. remember I told you I had a counselor told me I couldn't even go to the community college with with the with the AP students. Basically, tell me I wasn't smart enough. Basically, Ooh, they just, need better counselors. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Because there are she, some she horrible counselors. In so many words, she told me that I couldn't go. I'm like, is this a community college? Like, is this down the street? Heck, I'll walk if you need me to. You ain't got to take me on no van. I'll walk. Like, basically, no. And second of all, um, me and Joetta discussed this too about, you know, remember back, um, Joetta, when you were in school, they used to have vocational programs. Yeah. Yes. They don't, they, they, they've taken them out. Yes. Oh, they have, because yeah. they're all about the funding. It's all about money. Yep, bring money back to the money. Yep. <laughs> but, but you do know that, like a lot of those, those schools, they get paid for every student that goes to college instead of going to a, a vocational school or program. They don't make any money off you doing it. These kids need more people telling them that they can and less people telling them what they can't do. Um, That's awesome. When I was growing up, when I. When I was growing up there um, in my neighborhood, and I didn't didn't live in a project, but I did live live in a hood, Um, and there were people, um, the whole neighborhood pretty much took care of all of the kids. Of course, there were some bad seeds, but there was a man who lived across the street from us, and I always talk about this guy because he was doing the wrong thing. He sold drugs, and he had a son around the same age as us. He didn't do it in front of us. And I didn't know what he did until I got to be an adult and someone told me. But he sat outside on a porch with us and he would tell us things like, um, he would tell like the girls don't stick like that. Keep your legs closed. You don't want these guys looking at you this way. And he'll tell the guys, this is how you treat a young lady and stuff like that. This guy was counseling us on how to be young adults. There are not people like that anymore. I've been around so many older people, people who these people who are older than me. And they're like, oh, they just need to throw him in jail. These little kids walking around doing this, mm, doing that. Instead mm, of mm. actually, instead of going up to these young men or ladies and saying, hey, why don't you try it this way? They're accusing them and saying, oh, you're going to go to jail. You're not going to live long enough to be an adult. That's not counseling. That's not what you do with them. They already are struggling with life. You need to show them how to live and quit telling them that they're not going to live. There was a, a man, and I'm sorry, this is just my last example, a man who lived next door to us. He's a firefighter and he owns property and everything. And there was a boy down the street from us. He was a 15-year-old boy. They had a drive-by on the street. Someone was shooting at this 15-year-old boy. Now, this little boy is terrified, almost lost his life. This man who is a um, black man, who is a very successful black man, instead of, <clears throat> he's seen this 15-year-old boy before, instead of counseling this man, he tells the police, oh, y'all need to go arrest him. He sells drugs in the schools. Well, first of all, how do you know he sells drugs in the school? You're not in the school <sighs> with him. And this little boy just almost lost his life and you're telling the police to arrest him? Like, that's the wrong way to counsel these kids. They don't get, they don't have good counsel. So when we're talking about mind, the, the mindset, you got to think of how the, these kids got that way. <sighs> 
Yeah, I can remember something that you just talked about earlier um, that put me in, the, put my, my feet in a different path, which I never was on the wrong path anyway because I had a mama who would stomp a mud hole in me if I even thought of going the wrong direction. But we had two programs in place in the school I went to. One of them was called Upward Bound, where during the summer, for two weeks out of the summer, you got to actually live oh. on the college campus. Joanna, to yeah. I have to go eat lunch, sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, sorry. see you next Oops. time. Oh, dear. Bye, bye, Adrian. Bye, Adrian. Bye, Adrian. Bad. Sorry. Good question. Sure. So, um, when we did that, um, you know, you got to experience what college life was all about. The other program we had, um, actually, before Southwestern Bell became AT, before they became AT and T, mm -hmm. they had a mentorship program, and different and different people from different divisions of the company mentored kids in computer languages math, science, history, uh, careers. And these people did this on their own time after a full day of work. We'd go and we'd have two hours with these people every week, three times a week. And so I wound up learning uh, RPG, COBOL, one and two, uh, Fortran, which are all the computer languages, on top of regular basic. So here I was with all this positivity coming at me, being told that there's a whole lot of stuff out there I could do if I just put myself in the pipe, you know? So this is what I'm about, Jennifer. I see where you're coming from, where you say if they had these positive influences, that could change things. But unfortunately, because of all this stuff, a lot of people are not able to volunteer anymore. Look what's happening. These programs are now gone. And it bugs me because I remember that program very well. And it would be nice to have those programs start up again and have people volunteer and get these kids and say, hey, look at what you can do if you do this. You know? Hey, give them that chance to do it. Guys, is anybody on our panel today proficient in slating? I can do it. What? Is what? anybody on our panel today proficient in slating? I can oh, you do mean it. Braille with a stylus? Yeah, like slating with a stylus. Oh. Okay. Oh. Who said that yeah. they're good at it? I can. Jennifer? I can too, yeah. Damn. Yeah, Jennifer, okay. and who's the other one? Kim. Kim. Okay, so ladies, I wanted to ask you guys a favor. On a previous video, I demonstrated slating. Uh -huh. I did a really bad job of it because, dudes, I'm not good at slating. <laughs> and we're talking about these people teaching other people what they know, right? Right. right. And, and we're talking about them volunteering their time. Well, guys, what we're doing right now, we're volunteering our time trying to teach people things, right? Mm -hmm. And something else we could teach on one of these videos, if somebody would want to do it, is somebody could demonstrate slating skills. 
You know what right. I mean? So next week, if somebody would want to get a slate and stylist or have a slate and stylist available, and then they could do some slating and talk about the process and stuff, would be great, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a really good skill, isn't it? Yeah, promoting literacy and um, comprehension. Uh, that would be awesome. Oh, I have several videos on my channel where I, I demonstrated my, uh, what is it? I have a brailler that I bought. I demonstrated it. I love my brailler. I demonstrated <laughs> like slating and some other stuff too, but I'm just not very good. Oh, I, I demonstrated braille screen input too. I love braille screen input. Um, awesome. But yeah, I'm just not very good at slating, but if somebody else would like to demonstrate it, you know, mm. like I said, I want to use my channel to you know, promote literacy and education and all of that. So positivity. It, exactly, Kim. Also oh, um, that you guys would like to demonstrate or would like to teach or share about, just let me know. Don't matter to me. The show show, Becca. You you got this <laughs> you are well, the captain of this show. That's if why you, I wanted to ask if anybody would want to demonstrate slating next week. So yeah, if one of you gals would want to do that, feel free, okay? I can't do it because I suck at it, but I, can, I understand the concept that I can do, but I'm very slow at it. So. I was going to say I'm slow because I'm out of practice. When I used to do it all the time, I was pretty fast. And slating is so, you have to think backwards. <laughs> well, on top of that, backwards. my arthritis gets the best of my hands. So, <laughs> Great. So it takes me, me a minute. <laughs> also, it takes um, me a minute. Um, Becca, I, can I go back one little thing? Do y'all remember the Boy Scouts used to be in the schools too? Uh-huh. Yes, they did. I remember I joined at what in kindergarten. You know, I got out of it once. You know, I started getting into sports, but look what it taught me. You know how to you know start a campfire. You know, just rocks and sticks. Um, so the so the thing I always about those a pocket kind of knife, programs the, the is that they're... And, that. and hey, Leon, let's talk. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the Boy Scouts, let's talk about. Um, what's going on with the Boy Scouts right now? I just heard on the news this morning that there's like a, a large fund that a money that has been set aside by the Boy Scouts of America to satisfy um, satis to satisfy like complaints from boys who were molested by you know boys yeah, years ago. But I'm saying, yeah. I got told my dad about that. How can you prove it? If, it's, if it happened decades ago, how could you really prove it? Well, there must be some way that they're proving it, but yeah, it's, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's it's sickening. I mean, you know, it's just it's sad. You know, um, boys join the Boy Scouts, you know, for for leadership and mentorship, but I don't know. You know, it's just it's sickening and sad. You know, if if it really happened, you know, I'm not saying it don't, but you got a lot of people just want a quick money grab. Uh huh. You know, but if it really truly happened, you know, hey, take them to the woodshed, you know. Mm -hmm. But you know, but I was saying um about boys, you know, um sorry, um look at the Boy Scouts that taught me and several other my friends, but look what happened when they took it out. The boys just went, you know, the crap. They you had know, nothing. Not in a way, but it just, their minds was on something else. Right. I couldn't wait to go camping. No, no supporting and no support. Mm-hmm. Well, well, not in the boys. Programs. 
those programs tend to be very expensive to a lot of parents. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. afford. I know um, I was talking about Girl Scouts with one of the uh, moms and she was just like, this stuff costs a lot of money. So yeah. a lot of people can't even afford <laughs> to put their kids in Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. What's sad is that they're taking um, away, a, they they have taken away a lot of the things that were free, like the after school stuff, the extracurricular activities. <laughs> and again, it all comes to, down to money. There's not yep. enough funding for all of these different programs. And so the kids are left with nothing to do. They have nothing to do. And yep. bless those parents who can't afford to keep their kids and stuff. My cousin has um, four boys, and they never got into any trouble. She she actually has five boys and a girl, and only one of her children got in trouble, and that's because he wasn't busy. The other kids, they went to school. They did sports. By the time they got home from whatever extracurricular activity they did after school, they had enough time to do their homework and go to bed. So they didn't have time. And on the weekends, their father kept in. This is Again, a lot of children don't have um, structure. both parents. They don't have that structure. So their father kept them busy working on houses and stuff like that. So they didn't have any time to get in trouble. But a lot of kids don't <laughs> have that. They don't have anything to do. And like the older people said, uh, uh, idle mind is the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. And then you had some moms who had to work two and three jobs because they yeah and they moms. they don't yeah they're not so able kids to be are home. pretty much left fending for themselves latchkey kids and, yep and and also Becca you know speaking back to the to those projects down the street you know they built a brand new boys and girls club right in front of it oh. you know and this and kids don't even go there mm-hmm. it's because they don't want to mm-hmm, like right now you go to the park it's empty. You know, it's just, and today, right now, it, it should be packed full of kids. Well, on a they, summer day. they don't have the motivation. quarantine right now. No, even before, no. before, even before this quarantine, it was, it's, it, that, that Boys and Girls Club has been there since 2009. I, mm. and, um, they, they even hold out, um, they even have like little signs on the fence, like sign up for camping. All, no, no one does it. So why do you think that is that nobody in the projects took advantage of the resource that was right across the street? Uh, really, they just weren't interested in it. That was it. It's, it what they, they, call, it was lame to them. I'm not going to lack of There's a lack of motivation. There's also, like he said, it's lame to them. So there's peer pressure. So there might be kids who want to, but like man, if you go over there, I'm gonna kick your butt and that or like you are lame if you go over there or something right. like that. Right. Again, um, the parents either don't want to or are unable or are unable to get involved because there are some parents that be like, okay, this is what you're doing and you don't have a choice and they drop them off and pick them up. Um, there's a lot of reasons that that it could not it is not being used. <laughs> you know, that there's a lot that goes into that. So there are, probably are some people who want to, but they have those elements. It's their element. It's really really sad. Oh my goodness. And it doesn't go away. It doesn't stop when you're an adult. When you're an adult, you have a stronger mind and you can say, uh, I'm too grown for that. I'm not listening to you. But people don't stop trying to pressure you into things. Right. It doesn't stop. 
Right. And that's probably what it always feels like is pressure. So why would you want to change? Because mm-hmm. I still got to go to school with these with these same people too. Speaking of change, guys, what do you guys think of Kamala Harris for VP? <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. Nope. Like, oh, That's all I have to say about that. You're going to have to do a video on back. Um, I want That's to Leon, shut up. Leon, shut up. Shut up, Leon. Shut up, Leon. Because I we talked to about about it yesterday. Yes, uh, he did. <laughs> so let's hear what Leon has to say about it. Oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, well, I just want your permission. Can I? Can I explain? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Remember, Joe, what do we have to talk one at a time? No, there's a reason. Because when he talked to me yesterday, it was a whole lot worse. Trust. (laughs) Okay, a lot of people don't know who Kamala Harris is, but I remember her back in the 90s when she was, quote, unquote, messing with Willie Brown, the mayor of San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Let's just say she went horizontal so her career could go vertical. Yep. Okay, that's why they call her Heels Up Harris. Yep. <laughs> okay, she and then after she became attorney general, she threatened to lock the man up if if he told, like if he t- we like really t- went and published it. That's why he didn't really tell until until she became a senator. But she's horrible. Why would you pick somebody that only had less than one percent of the other primary vote? No one likes her. Um, she's not even black. Um, you know what? It's, I got to tell people, just because she's Jamaican does not mean you're black. You know, she's maybe 10% black if, at the most. What does that have to do with anything? Because the way they always, she's the first black this, and she, I'm like, she's not. You, like, why do people always have to vote on color? You know why? You know, what, what, what policies has she implemented? And she's nothing but a big liar. Here's what bothers me, Leon. And it's something I didn't bring up to you yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, didn't they say Antifa was Jamaican-based? No, I thought thought Antifa was Europe-based. It started during Uh, World uh, War II. Jamaica. There's some Jamaican influence in there. Okay. So I'm like, ooh-wee. That's a mess. Yeah, but the thing about it, it with, with Kamala Harris, you know, she, how can I put it? If Joe Biden wrote the crime bill in 94, she'd be the one to put a stamp on it if she was, yeah. if she was in office back then. Mm. You know, it's just, like I explained to you, Joe, the two the other day, how come nobody votes on, on what policies these, these politicians want to implement? You be, um, you base your um your vote on, on color or a party line. No, what right. what benefits you in the long run? Right. You know, I like I like my for me, I like my taxes being lowered. I don't want in my little small business, I don't want people I don't want the government taking everything from me and leaving me with a little chump change. No. I want I want my dividends because I got stuff I wanna buy. I'm trying to get the heck out of here. But you can't do it if they if they take half my money. And you want your guns. Of course. God bless America. Uh, amen, brother. Oh, God. Right. 
This is why no, this is why I was explaining last week in the other video about <laughs> what would you do? Where do you draw the line in the sand at? Okay? That's why I wanted to make another a call with you, Becca, sometime in the future about where do you draw the line in the sand? Mm -hmm. Do you like me? I like I told my dad before, if they come here, mm -hmm. this all you gotta do is say the son they out there. Like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gun safe, put the coat in. Get my rifle, get a cigar out there, and walk outside. You got three seconds to get off my property, or I'm gonna let freedom ring. I mm -hmm. would just want to point out that um, I understand how you feel about your taxes, and but um, your taxes are what helps get those programs in schools and in mm -hmm. the neighborhoods, and also, does the world really need for everyone to have guns? That's yep. a lot of the problem with the world. Everybody has a gun and everybody's shooting each other. So can I, I, can I interject I, with I, that? I, I do think I, I, I do think that people have a right to bear mm -hmm. arms. I think that there should be stricter laws on no, we know why I say that. Law, um, because they are they are allowing mentally unstable, extremely scared. Um, way prejudiced people everybody has a gun and they will shoot you if you blink at them okay Go on. I'll be right back okay um okay when you're going to get a gun from a gun store you got to fill out that background check it's called a 4473 it tells you everything if you lie one time if you lie Sometimes the gun store will call it the, the, the police on you have you arrested. But if there's nothing in your background that says, hey, he shouldn't they shouldn't have a, a firearm, you won't get it. Here's my you thing. You won't get it. People mm -hmm. sometimes don't have it in their background. Some people don't have a history of mental illness. It doesn't make them less mentally ill. I have family and members. And that's I have true. family I have family members who are literally mentally ill they have not been diagnosed with being mentally ill because they don't go to the doctors and they don't tell the doctors how they're feeling and things like that but these people are literally mentally ill they have their ccws they have guns these people should not have okay them. okay um, just because okay. there are mentally ill people though does not mean the rest of us should not have our rights and that's mm -hmm. what i'm saying I, what i'm saying is I, I said that I do believe that it's you have your right to bear arms. I don't believe that everyone should bear arms, is what I said. Okay. <laughs> That's what okay. I said. Me, I, think okay. need, Jennifer, I think that they need. I think that they I think that they need to be more strict about who gets guns. No, because what does that Second Amendment say? Tyranny, like what this government is trying to do to us now. Okay. We have a right to defend ourselves. Everybody on this panel, everybody out here in this in this great in this great country of ours, we don't need any more background checks. We got enough. And nothing needs to be stricter because look look what's happening now since this coronavirus. People that voted for these politicians and them stricter rules, they they literally screwed themselves. Talking about a ten day or even now they want a thirty day waiting period. But okay, what if somebody is threatening you now? Mm -hmm. 
Do you? That's the thing I'm saying. I, I, I think that, well, maybe you're not understanding what I'm saying. <laughs> Leon, I believe that everyone has the right to bear arms as well. Um, it's, it's our constitutional right um, to defend our property and the people living um, in our homes um, and ourselves. However, I do believe I understand where Jennifer is coming from. Um, there are too many people that get guns um, either illegally or without a background check of any kind. You cannot that stop should not it, have though. guns at all. You okay, cannot you stop, cannot stop it. You cannot. Okay, no, you look cannot. at Chicago. They have the strictest gun laws in the country. Exactly. But those bangers still and they have, my thing and don't listen to those lies why, that they go to other states to get them. Can I That's finish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Can go. I finish? Mm-hmm. I believe that bad people or people that are not supposed to have guns will always have them, which is why good citizens should be able yeah. to arm themselves. Um, I do believe that good citizens that own guns should also practice so that they know how to maintain their gun, take it apart, put it back together, clean it properly, load it properly so that they don't have an accident within their home. Because you hear about good people with good histories having gun accidents as well. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like they need to be able to um, operate the gun to its fullest capacity with knowledge. Um, if they cannot do that, then they should not have that gun to mm-hmm. use. Now, that's not as a collector. A collector can own all kinds of guns if he's not shooting them. And by he, I mean he or she. Well, okay. Well, remember what happened two years ago in um, Parkland, Florida? The Parkland High School shooting? Mm-hmm. We were talking about background checks. If that kid would have been convicted, like the cops came to this house how many times and they didn't even take him in? Right. If they would took him in one time, he would have never got that gun. Because he, he bought it, he bought the gun legally at a store. You know, he even made a threat on YouTube one time, and and, he, and the one guy called the FBI on him. They still didn't take me. Leon, I get that people get guns legally, and they still do bad things. Mm-hmm. Like, and back to you, Jennifer. I understand where you're coming from too, but if they have, if there's nothing on their on their history saying that they are mentally ill, their background check is not going to say anything. That's yeah, what I'm making. No, and that. yeah, there's there's all kinds of laws in place that are not going to allow them to reveal their mental capacity. Because mm-hmm. like I say, if they lie and they have been like mentally um, c- committed, it will show up. It will show I mean, up. I think that guns were like the worst thing invented. <laughs> I do. I think that that was the worst thing that a, a human being could possibly invent. I um was in the store one day with my baby and she was in the shopping cart and there was a man walking through the store with his gun on him because it's illegal to wear your gun anywhere you want to go and i'd heard so much about so many shootings in so many places 
And in my head, and this is so sad because I have to do stuff like this. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, if somebody comes in the store and just starts shooting, how am I going to get my baby out of this shopping cart and on the floor before a bullet hits me and my child? And I, I literally practiced in my head flipping the shopping cart over. Okay. <laughs> my baby in you it laying prepared. on top of my child. Okay. Okay, Jennifer. Leon, do you know how to shoot every gun that you have? Yep. And you know I, how to like you said, it? um, like you said, Kim, I went and I wanted to get training on it. It cost me a quite It cost me, but hey, I had I wanted to do it. I just don't want to be an idiot out there not learning how to shoot. You know, but Good. like you saying, um, Jennifer, too, open any person that open carries a pistol, that's that's illegal. They are not going to commit a crime. Okay, every person that goes to rob a store, they they are because they're going to conceal it. Okay, I understand what you're afraid. I understand that. I've got. I went through those through those scenarios in my head too all the time. I really do. Like where the exits at? I always try to find out where in any store or any building I go into where are the exits, or if there's nowhere to retreat, I got to stand and fight. Okay, I'm not no Rambo. Do go no. My last resort is to fight. If I can retreat, I will try to, because I want to self-preserve myself. But you have a you have an honest fear, I, and I understand that. I truly do. I truly do. But anybody that has an open carry pistol on their gang bangers do not um, open carry guns. No, they're going to conceal it the best way they can. Because you know why? If they look, if you see a dude sagging, well, well his pants sag even more with a pistol on his hip. But um, open carry, you have, well, in some states, like in Texas, you have to have a concealed carry permit to open carry. You know, uh, 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 sorry, I'm messing up. In some states, it's, it's kind of it's backwards. You, have, you still have to conceal carry with a, with a permit, but you can open carry without a permit. Now, that's kind of asinine to me. I don't like that, but, hey, to each state its own, you know? I mean... I don't know about you, but um, you said you don't, you don't like firearms. What you can do is get familiar with them. Just go to a gun range and get familiar with them. Guns are not go You have to literally pull the trigger. They're not going to go off if you look at them crazy. You know, they, you don't have to tie them up at night because they're going to go out and shoot somebody. You, ha you have to learn to respect it. It's, it's, a, it's a tool like any other tool. It can kill you like anything else. Heck, a car is a, car is yes. a tool. Yes, and it's also a weapon. Mm-hmm. But, but you do know, you know, like they say, everybody, when a mass shooting happens, you want to blame the gun. But when a drunk driver kills somebody, you don't, you don't blame the, um, the car. We blame the drunk driver. Um, I, I don't blame the gun. I blame the person pulling the trigger. Mm -hmm. Samuel Jackson. Thank Samuel you, Jackson said. Samuel Jackson said in a movie once. It was in a movie, but it was the truth. He said, "Guns don't kill people. Dumb mfers with guns kill people." Mm -hmm. That's what, that's that's what the thing. Look, look at Chicago. <laughs> all of, if those all those those poor babies getting killed because these idiots don't they don't go to the they don't go to the gun range, which I know they ain't gonna go, but. Innocent babies can't even sit in a in a living room watching cartoons getting getting shot, and then again, and look what kind of bullets they're using. They're more cheap full metal jackets. Those are designed to go through crap. Hollow points are designed to anything it hits is going to dissipate. 
Leon, let me ask you this question. Sometime, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how many years ago, but I was watching, um, I think it was a documentary about um, guns. And there was, no, it actually was on YouTube. But there was this man who got death threats because he was selling, and it was from um, the National Rifle, people who were in the National Rifle Association who were threatening him because he was promoting a gun that had um, fingerprint recognition. You couldn't use it unless it registered fingerprint. Mm. And I I personally thought that that was a smart idea to keep accidents from happening in homes with children because children find guns and somebody usually gets hurt or killed. Mm. I thought it was a good idea. What I didn't understand, and I still didn't understand it at the end of it, was why was it such a bad thing to have a gun with fingerprint recognition? It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's out right now. The thing about it, Look how much it'll cost, too. Think of a single mother, again, living in a project. She She's trying to do good. She You know, she saves up her money and go buys a handgun and gets trained with it and everything. She's very proficient with it. You know, she can barely afford the rent, but she I'm glad she has that piece on her in case somebody kicks in her door. You know, some of them, those biometric fingerprints cost money. I mean, they cost, ooh, like they think they start at 300 bucks. If you want a decent one, because if you want a little cheap one, all you got to do is, you know, if you really wanted to be, get smarter by it, just like copy the fingerprint and it'll, you know, but I know a lot of gangbangers ain't going to do that, but, you know, it's, it's so it's, many ways. It's you just can, too expensive for the average person that wants mm-hmm. to arm themselves. So do you guys want my take on it? Yeah. My take on it is, so what if, an intruder breaks into your home and you grab your fingerprint gun out of your nightstand and you put your fingerprint on it and, and it doesn't work. the technology <laughs> screws It's the wrong up. hand. Yeah, yeah, or the technology oh, screws up for some reason. There's so many ways in which, I mean, we all use this technology all the time, face recognition, fingerprint recognition, all kinds of stuff like that, right? How often does it screw up? It does. All the time. Do you really want it to screw up when someone's coming through your front door at night and you need that gun to work? Now, now as responsible gun owners, we're able to prevent accidents from happening by storing the ammo separate from the guns and locking both up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. the thing about it, too, and I'm going to say I'm crazy, but teaching your kids about gun safety, too. A gun is not a toy. Mm-hmm. It's never crazy crazy to teach somebody you know, something. I got on a family member of mine. You know, he was, well, you know, with, with a stepkid, you know, you know, talking about, oh, <laughs> um, the kid's real daddy was, was, was taking him to go to go to the gun range to shoot. I'm like, there's something wrong with that. <clears throat> teach, teach him how to, how to handle the gun safety, and it's not a toy. There's nothing wrong with it. A lot of these kids that get in accidents, they, they think it's a toy. And you know, Leon, and, you, I, and um, you're right, and I do blame the parents 100% because they need to put the gun up somewhere. Everybody you know, or buy a gun safe. Okay. I, I was I was asking, um, so you, you were able to get your CCWs and purchase a gun? Mm-hmm. There was no restriction? I've never tried. That's why I'm asking if they had any restrictions. Well, okay. see, here in Texas, all you need is an ID to get a gun. You don't need a, a CCW. Oh, okay. Because yeah, Tim, this, is, this is still a big kind of state. We would be able to get our 
concealed carry permits also as vision impaired women. I just haven't had a chance to go mm -hmm. check it out yet. But yeah. see, um, the guy, the manager at the gun range, when I took the class last year, he said there was a legally blind women that took the course right before me. And they weren't totally blind like me. But, you know, what he did months later for me, he trained me um, with, with sound things. Like he, started, like he kept on okay. a ping pong ball, and wherever the ball landed, that's where I shot it. Cute. My mm -hmm. church had my church had a security um, session, and they were um, they they were having class like the classes for the CCWs, and um, they wanted to know who wanted to sign up. And I'm always joking with my pastor and everything about doing uh, things that people can see do so of course i raised my hand and the first lady was like no absolutely not you're not, you're not see, allowed see, and it's a so, joke it was a joke but i it, it was a joke and we we laughed about it and everything wasn't anything <clears throat> serious but i've it never occurred to me being blind that that is something that was open for me to do so that's why i asked you that question you know what got me started doing that hmm? when i went to the school for the blind three years ago with, with Joetta at our recreational um, team, they had, they had archery there. Yep. And you know, mm -hmm. my, first my first shot at archery, I hit a bullseye. I'm like, well, heck, if I could do that um, with, with, a, with a bow and arrow, and you gotta do more work with a bow and arrow, I could do that with a handgun. Mm -hmm. And so I got home, I just started re brainstorming, brainstorming, then I just went and did it. I told my dad, either you with me or you're gonna be against me, I'm still gonna go with or without you. And he looked, he saw the look in my eye like, okay, let's go. I went well, I'm there. I'm going to look into it. I want to prepare for the zombie apocalypse. No. You, they do have zombie mouths. They are, they I'm do, they joking. Do have zombie Matter of fact, look oh at this my right goodness. Here. Hold on. Wait, yeah, see, it is. My little 45, my little 45 Glock 30 sleeps under my pillow every day. Leon? Mm hmm. Um, do you know um, the caliber of ammunition that you're using? Um, what are Which the chances of that bullet going through somebody that you possibly shoot as an intruder and into somebody standing behind them? Um, low, because that's why I use hollow points in my um. That's why I use hollow points. I use FMJs at the range. Okay. FMJs are designed to go through stuff. You want it to go through? No, 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 no. Okay. But now I do have law enforcement rounds now that okay. are designed to go through like car doors and windshields, but they will stop through like, um, they will stop through like drywall. Mm -hmm. They're expensive, but it's worth it to me. You know, what um, if they go all the way through the drywall? I mean, I've, they've tested it and I've seen it on YouTube and it didn't really, it didn't penetrate nothing. Then we hit the drywall. Okay. I know I, everybody has that fear, but that's why, too, I have a backup for that, too. It's called carry insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because you have, mine is called USCCA. I love it. Um, I pay, what, 27 bucks a month for, I have a lawyer 24 hours a day, seven days a week in case I do shoot somebody. Or mm -hmm. if I brandish my gun in self-defense, they will come get me. And if I do get, if I do go to jail, and get bond and and I have a bail, they will pay for it. Okay. 
you know, and if somehow the cops take my gun and won't give it back, they'll, they'll replace it for me. I love that stuff. You know, it sounds um, like, it sounds like you're prepared. Mm-hmm. I got, I say I did my research Oh, me, but, you know, us being visually impaired, I just can't jump into nothing. No, I'm not, I'm not going to get in unless I really, really know what's going on. But if it's nobody really right fit for me. Visual impairment or not, nobody should just jump into it. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. And just and it's just like you, Jennifer, you were saying, um, I look here, when I'm on dialysis, they they didn't believe me that I was that I had my my um my license to carry. They were making fun of me to actually pull it out. And they were like, How the, who in the F will give you a, a license to carry? I'm like the state of Texas. Because again, it's my right. And you know, all you need is the proper training. You know, after that first shot goes off, after that initial all factor, you get used to it. Yeah. You know, I I even have electronic earmuffs to um, block out the sound. Hey, yeah. you know, those are nice. The state, of, the state of Arizona gave my sister a driver's license without her taking the driving test. She only took the written test. So really? when it comes to that, I could have passed on those grounds and gotten a driver's license myself. Wow. You know? Wow. Well, you as know, well, too, as far it, as guns go, I would have to seriously work past that fear. I cannot stand touching bullets. Okay, <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm, I'm terrified of them. I, I um, was unpacking some things, and I had some of my ex boyfriend's things um, mixed in with mine. My father mm -hmm. brought them to me, and there were um, two boxes of bullets. And I handled them like they were like a spider. I told my father, please get these out of my house. <laughs> well, bullets aren't to be feared. They don't do anything on their own. Well, no, it of is, course they're, they're not oh, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm sorry. This, if, if somebody I'm, can see what I'm saying, this is, what I'm saying this is, is AK 47 bullet not, right here. What I'm saying is that uh, that's how I feel about guns. I, I, they're can dangerous, I and, and, I, and I understand. No, can I ask I a question, Jennifer? What happened yes. to make you so afraid of them? Just so many people around me have died. It's just growing up in that element and so many yeah. people same dying here, same here. I mean, for, for no reason. Just dying just because somebody not, is angry about but something. It's not the gun's fault. It's no, not it's the gun's not fault. The, it's you not, you it's have not to understand, too. It's, it's the people. But, I mean... Seriously, the water has never done anything to me, and I'm terrified of swimming. <laughs> like some of us just have unreasonable fears that we have to work get past, over. and sometimes and sometimes it's difficult to work past them. I can get in the swimming pool no problem, but once it gets up to my neck, I start to hyperventilate, and I can't. And I try to calm my breathing. I, you know, I try to slow my breathing and everything, but. It's an unreasonable fear, and it's the same thing with me and guns. If I had a gun in my house, it would be locked up in a safe place, um, someplace where my child can't reach it, where she can't, you know, find a key and unlock oh, it. You know what I mean? That's understandable. Like that is understandable. It's not the, like I, I quoted Samuel Jackson earlier, you know what I mean? It's not the gun, but it's just having them around me. I don't like them around me because I don't know what the people around me are going to do with these things you know what I mean so well, that's yeah, it's, something that I, it's something that I have to work through and it might be beneficial for me to take 
a class or two on it. Mm -hmm. It might take a gun safety class. Yep. You know, um, with me, like I said, heck, I ain't, I ain't slept in 24 hours. You know why? I've been doing inventory on my ammo all night long, <laughs> even order some more. That sounds it cost like me a little you. bit of money. <laughs> I even reorganized my gun safe last. I'm, I have not slept in 24 hours. <laughs> okay, um, and I'll literally be if I can't sleep, I get up and watch YouTube videos about guns. <laughs> you know, it's just. You know, I found a hobby, and once the ammo crisis, it, once this ammo crisis passes, I'm gonna get into competitive shooting. They do have, you know, special um neat, special um accommodations for people like us. They can want to shoot. You no know, people with sight might make fun of us, but no, no, hey. No mhm. Mm it's just I found it just a neat hobby. Who thought a blind person would find a hobby like this, you know? Mm -hmm. To the point I might even become a firearms instructor one day, thinking about it. I think that's great, Leon. Um, I I love firearms myself. I'm gonna get back into hunting here in about two years once I get my projects all buttoned up and I have more time to myself. So mm -hmm. Jennifer, we need to talk about that one on me and you one day, for real. Um, I understand where you're coming from. I really do. I really do. Because I, I I, just had a cousin get killed last year in, in gang violence. Almost 50 years old, still gang banging. They killed him. Okay, it's so. Not even just, it's not even just um, gangs and stuff. A cousin of mine, uh, they got drunk and they were at a, um, it was a family event. And some kind of way a gun came out. It wasn't an argument or anything like that. And um, he made a mistake and killed his cousin, you know, another cousin. And it, it yeah. wasn't on purpose. He was, he's actually really, really messed up about it. He's very messed up about it mentally because it was somebody that he loved. But mm -hmm. there was alcohol involved and there was a gun in the room and the gun went off. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. But well, the gun didn't know. just go off. You say the gun just did this, the gun just did that, but no. no. The gun didn't but just when, when you when you got alcohol involved, somebody's exactly. always going to be the stupid one to come up with weapons. Yeah, and, it, and the gun true. shouldn't even the gun shouldn't have even been in the room. You know what I no, mean? No, it should and, not and have been. And, and what I'm saying, You're I right. shouldn't have said that it just it, it didn't just go off, but the trigger got pulled, but it wasn't like, you know, they were arguing and somebody was pointing a gun. The gun was. Like, I don't really know how you it probably happened. was just playing like, with it, you know, and yeah, just probably just negative playing discharge. With it and, just, and, it, and that happens, that happens with kids. Sometimes kids mm -hmm. are just playing with well, guns, it's never and a gun goes, guys. guns are not toys. And again, okay. like I said, um, it, there, was, that, there was that alcohol, alcohol involved. Okay, with alcohol, like in, in the state of Texas, if any place they have, if they have a sign outside that says 51%, that means you cannot go in there with your, with your handgun on you at all. Mm -hmm. Okay, any, any place in this Texas. This was in a house, though. This oh, that's, house. well, even, well, it's a law with that, too, with alcohol. But, you know, any establishment here in Texas that sells, half, it, if half, over half their business sells alcohol, you cannot bring a gun in there. You know, even if it was a self-defense thing, you're still going to get in trouble. Okay? Mm -hmm. Unless you, and God help you if, if you were drinking. This is why I tell my dad, 
please do not, please do not do anything, you know, when you go out to other family members' houses, because I do not like that, because I'm not a big drinker myself, but I do nibble every now and again. But, you know, I just hate going out places and, and drinking, and things happen when you're on the road, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is why I've taken all the precautions with, with the carry insurance, with the training, for me. And I tell I don't employ anybody to go do it. If you want to get in the, you know, learn more about firearms, Heck, if you don't want, heck, people can get a crossbow and actually kill somebody. If everybody was as responsible as you were, I might not have as much anxiety. (laughs) And I I have your same concern. But everybody is not responsible. I've been to gun stores like this idiot um, passed the background check and he literally did. You know, you got to watch him. Like, one day we're going to see this damn fool on TV. He shot himself in the leg somehow. Or shot up a church. Well... Yeah, well, that guy. Yeah, we we've had we've we've had two mass shootings in churches here in the last couple of years. We have, but you know who stopped them? A, a, a legal, uh, a good guy with a gun stopped both of them. And that's why my that church. That goes the cops right there. That, I think somebody. Some, I think that, somebody um, has class. getting shot outside. Oh damn! That goes that. <laughs> Guys, we need to remember we need to talk one at a time. Oh, you guys sorry. have been talking a lot, but a lot of people have been talking at the same time. And I'm just worried that the camera, because remember that Gino said it switches to each person as they're talking. So let's just try to give each other more room, okay? Mm-hmm. But this is a great conversation. I appreciate everybody's involvement. Okay, Jennifer, we, we've got to talk one day about this. I'm going to get you your fear of, of guns one of these days. It's going <laughs> to... I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to make you all like uh, like they want to call me Rambo for some reason. I hate Rambo, but I don't want to call me Rambo. That sucks. I hate, give me another nickname than that, like like GI Bro or something. That's better. <laughs> bro, you know I'm, that, I'm so done with that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's just like I said. What bro. got me over the first time again? I went. I did archery. You know. And people look at me at archery. They got archery at the school for the blind. Uh, yeah, they even had basketball. You want to say, want to say something else smart? Okay, and like, it's just crazy, you know. And 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 look, and look, it looks I've gotten with um people with me, with me being sighted. I mean, like, with me not being sighted with guns, they look at me crazy. I know they do. Like, how do you shoot? Why don't you stand right here and find out? You know, you know it don't matter. I get the most stupidest questions. Like, you know what? There are there are no <laughs> stupid questions. You actually have to answer those questions because people literally don't know. You have to answer those questions. <laughs> I didn't you know, know. It's just, <laughs> but the, but your questions one one they're real legitimate. But some people say, you know, you can't see. You don't say. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've even Sorry. had. I even had a lady, it wasn't about me, me being blind, it was me being black with a gun. Tell me, you know you're black. I'm like, I know I am. But when I left the house this morning, I know I was black. Ouch. I'm like, hold on, let, let me call my daddy see, to, to see if my skin color changed this morning when I, before I left the house. You know, it's just, you get like, and another thing too, I hate to do this to, you, to your show, Becca, a lot of yeah. black folk are afraid, not you, not, you, you just got a, a, a scare. Um, ah, 
you just afraid of guns, Jennifer. That's just another thing with you. You just afraid of guns, period. A lot of black folk are not afraid of guns. They just don't want to go to the gun range to train because they think that they're going to get funny looks. You know, I thought about that last year, and I just said, screw it. If they're going to look at me funny, they're going to look at me funny. They're going to look at me funny now because I'm blind. You know, I walked in there. The guy was just the manager, was just such the nicest person. Heck, they know me when I walk up now. You know, when I bought my, when I picked up my last gun this year, this lady, it was her first time buying a gun. And she was like, this pandemic has even brought the blind out. I'm like, ma'am, I've been packing for over a year. Want to see my hip? You just new to the, to the game. I've been doing this. Mm, picked up my gun and left it, and left out. So I'll be back in here tomorrow just to, to shoot it. You know. I you, just want to, huh? really fast, really fast you brought up um, somebody mentioning to you that you were black and it brought me I love movies um there was a old movie with Richard Pryor in it uh called hear no evil see no evil and he was on the subway with his sister and um they were they weren't talking about anything having to do with race or anything but all of a sudden he jumps up on the train says what do you mean I'm black does mom know oh, yeah I remember that place, scene I remember that time, scene Every time somebody points out to me that I'm black or something, and so I would just do it just to just to embarrass my family. I would seriously, in the middle of nowhere, just jump up and yell that, like, "What do you mean I'm black?" Oh, you know, you can do the same thing with your blindness. I have been. You're blind. You know that I'm like you're kidding. You know what I mean? Becca, I have a question. What can do you, do you guys um, come out right away and reveal to people um, that you're blind, or do they just pick up on it, or what? Okay, so I actually made a post on a Facebook group about this a couple of years ago. Um, I never hide my blindness, and not right. even the dating scene. Like, I don't come out and say, oh, by the way, I'm blind, or hey, I should let you know I'm blind. I just, I'm just myself. I use my cane. I live my normal life. And they just, I mean, they become aware that I'm blind. You know what I mean? I don't present it like something I need to apologize for because I'm not apologetic for my blindness. It's who I am. And I think it makes me stronger. What so, about when you have, what about, say somebody has to come to your house and fix something in your house. Do you use your cane in your house? No, I don't use my cane in my house. And like just the other day I had, um, it was yesterday, I think my AC guy was here. And so when I have someone come over, I meet them at the door and they come in and they're doing stuff. They often don't realize I'm blind until it comes to the end of the visit. And I need to sign the thing saying that they came and did their job. You know what I mean? Mm, and right. then I'm like, Oh, I'm low vision. So you need to accommodate me in this way. And so they do what they need to accommodate me to do whatever. And cause I just like, I don't wear my blindness like it's something that sticks out. It's just part of who I am. Like who you my, are. my eyes are hazel green. If if you get close enough to me to notice, and like I have naturally curly light brown hair that's rather long. If you get close enough to me notice, oh, and you might get close enough to notice I'm blind too. You know, great. Oh, and I, I'm a great author, and I I I'm a motivational speaker, and I'm an inspirational person. You know. You know, that's how what my blindness is to me. It's just another characteristic about me that people mm -hmm. will figure well, out. Part of you. 
Well, yeah, and um, I, another thing I, I wrote recently in my book is I feel like pointing out that I'm blind or bringing up my blindness is like bragging in a way. I feel like my blindness actually compliments me. So if I were to like, like if I were to put it on a post and be like, oh, hey, I'm blind or, oh, by the way, I'm blind. It's like, in a way, I feel like I'm bragging. And if I'm yeah. bragging, that just means I'm conceited. And why would I want people to think I'm conceited? Mm -hmm. Well, um, Kim, I remember when I first lost my eyesight and my my so-called friend here, she, she's sighted and um, she said, I'm going to cheer you up. I'm going I'm to hook you up with, with a friend of mine. But she said, um, she told me, don't tell her you're blind. I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, eventually she's going to find out if we go out somewhere. But, you know, but anyway, it's just, heck, look at me at school. You know, some of them don't know I'm blind until I stand up and, and got to go in front of the class. You know, one guy told me when I was in sociology, um, I'm like, you know, I had got a speeding ticket before. He was like, man, you got a speeding ticket while you were blind? I'm like, yes, genius, I did. <laughs> I just love being sarcastic. It's kind of, it's really funny to him. <laughs> you know. I was running in a walking lane. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -mm. You know, and <laughs> on that note, that same that same girl talking about um, our, our professor was from Africa. How long how long does it take you to drive to Africa? I'm like, you oh dear don't. God, are you serious? I'm like, what are, are they teaching in school nowadays? And she was she was a freshman. She just got out of high school. I'm like, what are they just doing? They're not teaching geography no more. I'm not gonna answer that because I already got an answer for you. No. The way that they, nowadays, them cutting out so many programs throughout the schools. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pathetic. I mean, they've already cut out the arts and music. They're trying to cut sports to a degree. They already cut band. Uh, they've already cut auto mechanics and uh, metal shop and wood shop. I oh, mean, cosmetology. come on. And cosmetology, yep, they cut all of those out. So now when it comes down just to the basics, heck, if you ask a kid to point out Egypt to them, they're, they're looking at you like, where is that supposed to be? They don't think it's part of Africa. They think it's a whole country that's supposed to be a little, a little piece of earth somewhere on the map. I'm like, for real? Well, you know, like I said, yeah, I, I think all y'all on, on this phone have children. I'm the only one that doesn't have them. Um, like I said, now I don't. I I pray for y'all, man, because y'all have kids that's in school now. I don't see how y'all deal with it, because I would if it was me. What I what what I've learned over the last few years, what these teachers are trying to trying to brainwash these kids in, in elementary school at that, I would be at that school every day raising sand, because we're supposed to be teaching our kids the basics, not this, you know, Marxist crap. Yeah. And that's why all these that's and that's why you got Antifa now trying to burn crap down because they don't know their history. These idiots don't even know who who Joseph Stalin is. Or who, or who Mao was? They don't even know. They don't even know that. That's why they. That's why they won't. That's why I think communism is a great thing. And history repeats itself. 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. A lot of these kids yes. don't even know who Frederick Douglass is. They don't even know. And he was awesome. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't know who Booker T. Washington was. They, they don't know none of that. But you know what? You, you do know who they do know. Who LeBron James is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a doggone shame. You don't know. We don't. These kids don't know their history. Hell, heck, heck, these kids can't even tell time from an analog clock anymore. That's true. If it ain't digital, yep. they don't know. I'm like, this That's is true. a doggone shame. That's true. But, but you know what? We failed. My generation has, has failed, these kids. You know, my generation and my brother's generation has, has failed. Not Charlotte's parents, but, you know, overall. You know, it's, it's we drop our kids off at school and... And, and that's not daycare. School is not daycare. These teachers are overwhelmed. You know, now, now these teachers can't even punish these students anymore. The teacher will get fired for defending themselves. Well, now you have parents that are overwhelmed because they have to homeschool their children. And mm-hmm. they don't understand online learning. And um, they're trying to work from home. And really... Um, some people have been doing it for a long time and never had a problem, but it's so new to so many people and they have loud voices mm-hmm. and it's, it's that unknown scary thing that a lot of us have faced before and we're just sitting back going, um, okay. <laughs> well, um, Becca, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kim, but Becca, you remember that video I sent you the other day about, about these teachers don't want their parents in the room, even on, doing online classes now? Um, I'm not sure if I got time to watch that one yet, Leon. Oh, I, and that's last a shame. Night I sat down and um, tried to watch some videos for the first time mm. in a couple of days, um, and I don't think I got to that one yet. Oh, well, long well, story tell us about it. Huh? Tell us about it. Well, it's these, again, these Marxist teachers, they don't want these, these parents um, in the same room with the kid doing online classes because they want to brainwash them. You know, teach them like everything that, that, that white people are bad. You know, black students are oppressed. No, no, no. Teach them how great this country really is. Like I told Becca the other day, I mean, a couple weeks ago, this is the only country in this world that a blind man can, can lose his eyesight at, in his late 20s and become an engineer. You know, only in this country. Only can a blind person um, dream a big dream that they can be a successful person. Nowhere else in this world can you do that. Mm-hmm. People come from other countries to get blind skills training here because it's non-existent in their country. Well, people exactly. come here to get all kinds of opportunities and resources that aren't available in the rest of the world. Exactly. And we have to remember that. We have to be proud of that as Americans. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. sorry, go ahead, Kim. No, go ahead. I just wanted to ask you, um, in the video, did they say that that's why the teachers were asking the parents not to be in the room? And the mm-hmm. reason that I'm asking that question is because, again, I know a teacher, and <laughs> she would prefer for the parents not to be in the room, not so that she can brainwash the children, 
but so that the children can concentrate because when the parents are in the room, there's usually a lot of background noise. The parent is doing something or talking on the phone or something like that. So that's why I'm asking in the video, did they say that that's the reason why the the teachers want the parents not to be in the room? That's what they were saying because they they were saying these these teachers, they looked at the teacher's background and it's all this Marxist crap. You know, heck, a pancake can, can just see <laughs> the background and the student don't even know and just mm-hmm. be real quiet like my parents did to me when I was in grade school and they thought I was acting up and they just snuck in the, I didn't know they was in there, I didn't know they was back there till I right. got like, oh crap. You know, it's just all these, all these people, they go to school, they go to college and they get, and they think the real, life, the real world is college and it's not. The real world is not Twitter, okay? The real world is not Twitter. And that's why you have all these angry kids out there trying to burn crap down. They don't understand. You can't just, insurance just doesn't rebuild it. You know, these kids don't even know what insurance is even there for. (laughs) Goodness gracious, these kids are, are lost. And I said, I feel for any parent nowadays. Goodness, I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't have this when I was in school, and I'm, and I'm the youngest out of all of y'all on, on, on here. Well, the problem is, not, is nobody takes responsibility for anything anymore. And school That's is true. not the place. School is not the place for you to um, press your agenda, whether that's what you believe in or not. Teachers have a job; they are to teach the children. And this is my my child. Did she has been in pre K? She's going into kindergarten this year. I'm one of those parents. I'm very involved in my child's education. I talk okay. to all of her teachers. I've already started communication with her teacher this year because okay. this is our first year with distance learning, and I have no idea what we're going to do. In exactly. But, but I've been talking to him, and I, I, when, when I was talking to her pre-K teacher, I said, you know, if – I'm getting on your nerves. I apologize, but I want to know what's going on in that classroom. So I'll be up there Wednesday. I want to know what you're teaching my child in this classroom because that's the type of parent that I am. I have my own beliefs. Okay. I have my own beliefs. Jennifer, is that your first child? She is. Okay. And I have my own way of thinking and I have my way of raising my child. And I don't want you teaching her anything contrary to what we believe in in this house. We are Americans and we have the right to believe what we want to. But you do not have the right to press your agenda on my child. So she's in here for education. Stick to the books. Anything social, personal, stuff like that. You leave Moral that at home. Don't, yeah. yeah, you leave that at home. Don't bring it into the school. That's not your job. It's my job. Yeah. Um, is it, <laughs> that's how I feel about that. And I'm and like I said, I have my I'm an activist and everything, but I don't want. I'm not gonna press that on anyone else's child. You know what I'm? This and just real fast, this lady. Um, you were talking about what the children are learning and how they're learning, how they're doing things the wrong way. I was part of the protests in St. Louis. I told you guys I lived in St. Louis. So I was part of the protest when um, Michael Brown got killed. And I was 
um, and I was part of the peaceful protest, okay? Because there's a difference between protesting and um, rioting, okay? Mm -hmm. Rioting. There's a big difference. I was part of the protests, okay? Um, And believe it or not, I got arrested during the protest, (laughs) the actual protest. But um, there was a meeting. They had an NAACP meeting, and it was on television, and we were watching it. And everybody was sitting around talking and they were talking about what can be done about the situation and everything. And this lady came in into the meeting. It was a live meeting. And she said, listen, she said, I just had to round up 100 teenagers by myself. She said they were out there getting ready to tear up stores and properties. She said, because they don't know the right thing to do. She said, I had to get those kids together. She said, you all need to get out there and talk to these kids and teach them the right way to protest. You need to teach them the right way of doing these things. Instead of sitting in here talking, you need to go out there and help those children do things the right way. Now, that's outside of school. Even in school, they need to teach them the right way of doing things, but you don't bring all of that, everything that's going on out in the world into the school. They learn, what is going on with the book? Jennifer, can you (laughs) tell us exactly what you mean by the right things that need to be taught to the kids versus the wrong things? The the wrong things is, okay, so these kids are seeing on television, on the news, of course, because this is what gets ratings on the news. They're seeing on the news people going out destroying properties. They're seeing people um getting gassed all the time they're seeing all of like these are the bad things that they're seeing they're seeing places on fire this is what they're seeing and so they want to go out because they think that this is the way that they're supposed to deal with this situation they're not seeing those of us who are out there um you know picketing or those of us who are out there trying to get petitions signed or those who are dealing working within the system that's not what they're seeing so all they're seeing is what's being shown on in in the media no i'm kind of confused though because are you talking about what the teachers are teaching the children or what the children are seeing on the news and i'm talking about i'm talking about both so if the teachers i have an experience i was I actually i'm sorry i had got a little bit off so Leon was talking about how the, the teachers were brainwashing the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that they need to keep that out of the classroom. Right. And if the teachers are teaching these kids that that's the way to do it, that's, that's the wrong thing to be teaching them. If you're going to teach them about what's going on in the, in the world, teach them the history of it and how it started and show them why things have gotten this way. Just, we don't do, they, they don't teach black history anymore. We got taught black history in school and at home. And we saw, you know, why we were able to vote, for instance, why black people are allowed to vote now. And that did involve, you know, teaching about, um, the (coughs) civil rights movement and everything. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we, we were taught somewhat in school and a lot at home. But when you get all off into, oh, the white man is the devil, or, you know, all, <laughs> you know, black people are dangerous and everything, like that's not what the teachers are supposed to be teaching. I can't get away from the teachers. I, I, yeah. I kind of think maybe what you're trying to say is 
the teachers could be giving our children a better message and our media could be giving our children a better message. Well, not that. She's like, it's not their job to teach that. Your job is to teach a curriculum, like how to do, how to do math, how to do comprehension, how to write, and, yeah, and, but, teach, and teach American but history. When, when you get into history, you are going to get into that sort of thing. You're going to get into, again, civil rights movements. You're going to get into war. You're going to get into the reason why things it, it all comes up to the reason why things are the way that they and are. And that's why they're not teaching it so now. They, so they are going to get into that once they get into history. But they have to they have to be able to teach history and, again, work their way up to this without inserting their own agenda. Because well, I've... Sorry. No, go ahead, um, Kim. I was going to say, it's almost like they have skipped too many generations of teaching this. Um, and it's not just black history that is ignored anymore. It's world history. But, it's world but, history. But it's it's, our, teaching it's it everything. Yeah. It's American history. Our, American our, history. Our, constitutional history. history. No, but yeah. I'm saying it, it's the way that these teachers are teaching it. It's like, okay, now, these people are not like Christopher Columbus now. Okay, oh, the way that, that these teachers are teaching it is Christopher Columbus was a bastard. That's the way they basically what they're saying. Wow. I can, I can show you videos of this. That's the a way they're teaching it. He, he came over here and slaughtered all the Indians. That's, that's the way that they're teaching it. A lot of that doesn't have to do with, it's not necessarily the teacher's fault. Things are changing in the world, and they, they've, they've taken away Columbus Day. Um, right. And so they had to change that in the curriculum. They're not necessarily saying that Christopher Columbus is a bastard but what they're doing is that they're having to teach a different way now than from what we we've learned because things are getting changed people are upset because of the way that things were have been portrayed in history mm -hmm. in the past and so there and, and a lot of times it's really I feel a little sorry for these teachers because things are changing so fast so it's like okay Rapid. this is what I was teaching last year now I have to teach this whole other thing. I have to learn this and teach this to a whole nother set of kids. And last year, a kid is coming in like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, you taught us this, but this teacher over here is telling us something different. So it causes a lot of confusion too. So it's not just, it's not just the teach. it's not necessarily the teacher's fault. It's just everything is changing so rapidly that it's it's it makes it really difficult. Well, for yeah, even, even math and science is so different than when we went to school. And that was something that had not changed since our parents and our grandparents had gone to school. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's taught so different to kids these days. I, I cannot do elementary school math. And I thought for sure that was something I would never forget how to do. Well, with that, this is why parents need to go to those PTA meetings, go to those school board meetings, and like, hey, we want we want to know what's in these textbooks. We mm -hmm. want to know what you're teaching our kids. Again, I don't, I can't say because I don't have any kids, okay? But that's what I'm saying. I hope this is what I, I, I could do. You know, again, I don't have kids like y'all have children. I don't, again, I couldn't walk a mile in y'all shoes right now because I would literally be at their school every day. Because the way that these kids now, they don't, they don't even teach cursive writing anymore. 
You know, I learned that in the second grade. You know, I would like, guys, I would like to ask a quick question of our panelists who do have children. Um, have you found out if your children's school is going to have in-person learning this year? My child's school said they are going to have in-person learning. They're going to have it, but it's, sorry, it's delayed. And yeah, everything's online right now. Yeah, we're, we're distance learning right now until, um, I think they said just for the first semester, they're playing it by ear. They're going to see what happens with, um, the virus and everything. Yeah, just like me in college, I can't, I can't go to campus at all this, this coming semester. They don't even want, don't even want us inside the school at all. Not until it's the spring. Okay. But that could, but that could change though. You know how these people change their minds so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I would love in-person classes because I get more one-on-one -on -one teaching like that. But yes, Kim. Um, are your are your kids in uh, the Mesa School District? No, or? my kids are in Montana. Oh, okay. And but see, the really cool thing is up there, the population is so small, the virus has barely touched the state up there. You know, oh, that's good. Um, so they can really do this and be pretty safe. You know, um, they have. I as far as I understand, with the the Mesa School District, they are. Um, they, they're trying to open the campuses up um, for kids that um, obviously need it for, um, because it's a safe place to go. Um, also because they need it for um, ability reasons. Um, but um, they're very small classes right now and everyone has to wear a mask. And uh -huh. the teachers are also doing online at the same time because they're taking care of all their distance um, learners, too. Um, can I interject with something like that, um, Kim? Mm -hmm. Have y'all heard that some of these teachers in, these, in some states don't even want to teach online? They just basically want a paycheck for not doing the work. Um, that's really sad. But I would I, I know that the teachers here are are stepping up, which is is mm -hmm. good. Well, we had a big protest here in the school district on on in the suburbs. These teachers came, they came to um to the school um headquarters <clears throat> with tombstones with with, with with words like teacher of the year and all that on it. I'm like really, why are you trying to scare these kids? Mm -hmm. they, they don't need this right now. It's just you know. <clears throat> What oh, the thing about this is, we need to come somewhere in the middle, like, hey, we can implement this, but we can't implement that. But instead of this extreme, this and extreme that, that's not that's not right. It's not fair. You know, it's this. It's sad that all this bickering and arguing, trying to play politics with these kids. I was the sad, so the sad, sad part about yeah, the sad part about this is the kids are going to be paying the cost for that. Yeah. It's very true. I was I was really I was literally sad when I had to take the survey this summer about what how I felt about the distance learning and they the the question um came, you know, would you like for your child to do distance learning five days a week or two days a week? And my child can see. She she's she's a sighted child. Same here. And um, I'm a single parent. I don't have 
help here with her schoolwork and everything. Pre-K, we just learn through play, not a big deal. But when you get into kindergarten, you get more into structured play. This is my first child. I don't know. I'm teaching is not my ministry. <laughs> and I was concerned and I'm thinking, okay, my child needs to go into school at least two days a week so that I can make sure that she's getting what she needs. And she has to ride a bus and she's in kindergarten. Kindergartners are not going to keep their mask on their face. And I was literally in tears because I'm like, I'm having to choose in between my child's health and my child's education. I was panicking and I'm so big on education. I want my child to learn, but I want my child to be here to apply education. So, um, Blessfully, I I found out I I don't have a lot of communication with a lot of blind people, but um, I did learn through the NFB that I am not alone in this concern and I had people to talk to. And again, I'm very involved in my child's education. So when it was time to re-register for school last May, I started talking to that school that she's going to and they didn't have any answers yet for anyone, but it made me feel better that I was able to communicate. And um, last week, once the teachers went into school, the person at the front in the front office that I was communicating with said, I sent your information to her teacher. I sent your information to the principal. Everybody knows. And the teacher emailed me and I, I, he, he still doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, but but he right he knows my situation, and he assured me that we're gonna do everything we can to make sure that my child gets her education. Now my child isn't any different from any other child in the school. The only difference is that she has a blind mother, and as far as I know, I'm the only blind parent. So. Um, we're working on anything, like anything that this teacher can do extra to make sure that she gets her education. And that's something that we have to do as blind and visually impaired parents, make sure that we have communication with the teacher. We have, some of us have careers and we don't have a lot of time, but your child is your child and you have to take at least like 30 minutes out of the day to make sure that your child is getting what they need as far as mm-hmm. education goes. But Jennifer, it's a hard, it's Jennifer, hard I need to talk to you about this later on over the phone, okay? Okay. Okay. Um, can I say one more thing about that? Um, has the idea come up, come up about hybrid classes? You know, hybrid, hybrid classes, classes, like you go to class one day, then you skip a day, then go, then go, everything's online the next, you know, for like the rest of the week, or like well, three days a, a week you go to class. That's a possibility and, too. Yeah, and it was in the questionnaire. The only thing about it is some parents were thinking the same way that I was thinking. If they can go into class one or two days a week, you're still exposing them to the virus. So why not send them to school every day? And I think that that's why the district made the decision to just do distance learning until we know more, until there's a vaccination, or until something can be done about this virus. you it, It's serious. A lot of people are not taking it seriously, um, but it is serious. It's more serious for some people than others, but you don't know how you it's going to affect you. I just lost a cousin to it two weeks ago. So yeah. you don't know how it's going to affect you and you don't know how it's going to affect your child. I'm okay with me, but when it comes to my child, I am 
super protective. Don't even breathe in this direction. Go over there. That's how I feel about my child, okay? Um, Jennifer. Yes, sir. You're in Nevada, huh? You say in Las Vegas? Yes. You ever um, tried to go into the state for help to see if, we, if they have any resources for you? For what? Like, um, you were saying about your, um, well, I forgot what you were saying. Um, so you need to help with your, with your kid with something, with your child with something, huh? I actually, as, as far as school goes, I actually um, sent an email to my counselor last week about it because this is, I'm just now needing help, okay? I didn't think about any mm-hmm. of this when I had a child. <laughs> like I said, we had pre-K. We, we did pre-K, no problem. Um, but I just emailed my counselor. Of course, they're not in the office because um, that, that office is shut down because of the virus and everything. Right. So they're supposed to be monitoring, monitoring their emails. And it's the only way that I can communicate with my counselor right now. Um, and honestly, they're crappy at their jobs a lot of times. <laughs> So, <laughs> no comment. I'm yeah. doing what I can. I'm that's, doing what I can. I'm that's doing what I can, and I'm doing what I can <laughs> until I can get some help from them. And even it's, and it's they may or may not give me help. So I'm doing what I can, and like I said, I'm working with the school and the teachers and everything. Uh-huh. I can't okay, get can what I, I need. <laughs> so I'm pretty. I don't know yeah. how much help they're going to be with my daughter. <laughs> can I say something on that mm-hmm. now? Um, um, this is what I did with my ex-husband's nephews when we had to put them in school. I got with the teachers and in order for me to be able to know what these boys were up against, I asked them to create a copy of their learning plan for the year and how they were going to go through month by month, what they were going to do. And so, uh, she would send me an email with both, their, both teachers would send me an email with their learning plans. And I would sit down with David and say, look, this is what the boys are gonna be doing. I'm gonna need your help because you're the one that's cited. So uh, the boys couldn't get out of, oh, well, we left it at school or we couldn't, uh, we didn't understand the work. Cute. So, you know, I would talk to the teacher and ask her to break it down for me and she did. And I would record the conversation so David would hear it too. And then we'd get with the boys and we sit down and they figured it out. We weren't going to let them get away with it. So once we got them to understand, we know what they're doing in school. It was okay. Not to say that your child's going to go through that, but I'm just saying in order to keep track of what your kid's doing, you might want to put that in place. That's why I said earlier, go, go to the PTA means if you can Go, you know, like we all know about this summer, but like and, and playing some like what well, my parents did, you know, we they went to the, to the head school dist- um, uh, to the school district headquarters. Like, hey, what's my son my son gonna learn? You know, you don't know what teacher who he's gonna have, but we can have a general broad idea of what, what what he's gonna do. And so that's what they did, you know. But again, it, it's about um been an advocate for your kid too you know they're not going to speak up and do it last year her teachers sent me every week they would send me um and they sent it to all of the children um they would send an email saying what they were going to teach the kids again this is pre-k and um they would have a they would have a monthly newsletter 
telling them what projects they're doing and everything that the children are going to learn. So hopefully this is a different school, a different teacher. And I'm, and I'm going to talk to this teacher and see about that happening for us. But I always knew what she was learning. And believe it or not, these teachers love for parents to get involved. I found oh, they out do. they love for parents to be involved. They love it. Well, you know why, don't you? There are not very many parents who do it. Exactly. And there's, there's a lot of students that get belligerent. And there's parents that get belligerent. Oh, their kid doesn't do anything wrong. Da, 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 da. My kid don't do that. My kid don't do this. But if that same parent took that energy to say what their kid don't do and get involved in what their kid should be doing, there would be a lot less problems mm-hmm. in the school. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Joe, I remember we discussed a couple of weeks ago what uh, y'all probably, um, all y'all on the panel probably remember what happened here too in Houston a couple of years ago when the, the principal got in trouble because she told the, the parents, oh, hey, yeah. come to class with, I mean, come to school with clothes on. And there was a big stink about it here. I mean, it actually made national news. You know, all she said was, if you're going to come onto the campus, look appropriate. And she got she got number flack from, from these payments. But she told the truth, though. She trying to get the like that lady. Is, she's, she was put she was hired to do a job. She's trying to bring up the test scores and everything. So your kid can have a better future. I don't see nothing wrong with you looking appropriate. Like she said, if, if your kid is going to go outside and get in the car and go, we don't care what you have on. That's up to you. But if you're going to get out the car and come on the campus, you're going to look appropriate. Don't look like you just came from the club or like, looking like you just woke up with, with pajama pants on. No. You're going to come here looking appropriate. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But Uh-oh. like you said, Joe, these parents just don't care. You got to have, you got to have a you got to have some kind of say in your in your baby's life. That's what that's a reflection off of you. Yes, it is. You know, I'll be you like my dad said, boy, when you go out there, you're a reflection of me and your mama. We we know you raised you right, so you mess up, you out the family. He they said <laughs> in a joking way, but <laughs> ouch. <laughs> but it was the truth. I'm my, I'm reflection on my how my parents raised me. Well, your parents should be proud, Leon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm telling you that right now. It's just like I told you too back on my first video how I was called all kind of names by the other kids in school because I knew how to talk properly, you know, and I knew how to read. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, a lot of these kids didn't that. know how to. These kids, I was in in high school. These kids did not. They were reading at the second grade level. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. How did you pass? They just How did you pass? More. They just passed more. Well, Leon, we talked about that last month, remember? Yeah. Uh-huh. But still, I'm, I'm still shocked to this day, though. I'm and again, at the second grade level, man. That's why they picked on you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why they picked on you because they weren't there and it and it may not have been their fault that they never got there. Uh, have, have you ever heard that bullies usually are the ones that are getting bullied? Oh, yeah. But my thing, how I was called an Uncle Tom and a, a sellout. I was an Oreo. I'm like, that's man, I was up in the that's same learned. neighborhood as you. 
that's that's learned behavior. That's something that they learn from their parents. Their parents you know, like others made go back to the original conversation. Mm-hmm. Like one chick told me, um, I told her, you know, my dad had retired from one job and got another job as a mechanic at, at the airport for Continental Airlines. You know what this girl told me? Don't know black people work at the airport. I'm like, what? She ain't know no better. I'm so sympathetic towards people, just ignorant people, because my thing is like they weren't born like that. That's a child is born innocent. They have to be taught those things. Seven minutes ago. Notifications. Six notifications. Nice world. That is hot uh, behavior. It's, it's sad though. You know, it's just it I don't know nothing about that about the hood. That's all you know. That's all you know. And you want to like, you want to try to teach them something new. All these kids, y'all talking about mentoring these kids. You want to teach it to them, but are they going to listen? Are they going to take heed to what you say? That's it. Like Kim said, back to our original conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we started with, we've come full circle back to our original yep. conversation. It's so hard to try to teach these kids something, but are you just wasting your time? You know, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> you know, even before I lost my eyesight, I was asked to do that. And I thought about it. I'm like, am I going to get shot and killed in the school parking lot or something if I try to tell them that, that, that they don't want to hear? You know, <laughs> it's not for real. I'm like, I don't want to get killed. It's I'm not about a to come here with a vest on. It's not a waste of time if you can save one life, if you can change one life, it is not a waste of time. So don't think yeah. that going out and mentoring and teaching someone's child or teaching someone something is a waste of time. It's as long yeah. as you can if you change one life, you have done a great job because that I love it life, when I see the light bulb come on that that one life that one life that you changed can go out and change two more and those yep. two can change no, four no. more so yep. it's never it's, it's like, not a waste of time it's just like they told me they didn't know black black folk did anything with airplanes I'm like yeah I know how to make them fly and everything it ain't you know like that girl told me in school too I was going to school for aircraft mechanics that's what white folks do. The same girl. I'm like, sweetie, if you wasn't a girl, I would pop you, literally. But luckily, you're a girl. Because, goodness, like my dad said, when you see kids like that, just follow them home. <laughs> them poor babies. You know, it's, it's sad. They don't know. <sighs> That's all they know is just what's around them. So I did something that I've always wanted to do because I feel so strongly about children and the way that they're raised. And if I could, I would just like take all of these children that I see in bad situations and just bring them home. (laughs) 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 And I'm I'm not able to do that. I don't have the means to do that. I I remember when, um, when, uh, the, 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 um, oh my goodness the earthquake hit Haiti and they had all these displaced babies. And so I said, if I was rich, I would just get a private jet and just go collect all of these. Everybody get on a plane. But I'm not able to do that. But I did adopt one child. And 
I am very confident that this child is going to grow up a well-rounded child. And if not, I tried. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> but I was, I was able to do that. And hopefully I'm able to do it again. And I'll tell you guys a story one day. It's a long story. But um, I was able to do that. And I, I wanted to adopt her siblings as well. But um, their parents wouldn't allow it. But I was able to, and those children are not in the greatest situations now, but I was able to take one child out of that situation. And like I said, that child will grow up and maybe take two children out of that type of situation. And it'll keep going that way. Well, Jennifer, you should have been here in 05 when Mother Katrina hit. Uh, um, I'm a lot of these kids, there. a lot of kids, this, like they, when they came here to Houston, they were like, this is a much better place than where we came from in New Orleans. My, my brother is in the Navy, and he had to go um, to New Orleans. And my cousins in the Army, they had to go to New Orleans. And it was terrible what they described to me. It was awful. And again, that was another one of those situations where I wish I just could have went and got everybody and just told everybody to come out with me. Right. But again, not able to do that. So we do what we can. And if all of us did what we can, the world would be a much better place. If all of us just did what we could, but if there's so many people just sitting back looking and shaking Waiting their heads. Waiting for things going, to happen. Mm, mm, mm. But no one's doing anything. Hmm? Well, we could know, talk. We could talk about it all we want doing to. That, but doing that, talk oh, is doing me. nothing. I, I volunteered to go to the Astrodome here because that's what a lot of them went to. And it was just so sad, you know, like they they were eating stuff like, you know, that's when we had Astroworld too, they opened it up just for them. Um, They're like, we don't have this back at home, even though they did have a Six Flags back then, but they got towed up. You know, they said this is a much better situation. Living in our projects was a better, was better than living in their projects back at home. I thought the projects were the projects, but I learned something that day. I'm like, wow. I did not know it was that bad in New Orleans until then. They said, you know, I, I've talked to parents um, that, you know, we got jobs with, with my company at the time. They are like, this is, we, we can never have this back at home. You know, like, really? A simple job like this, working in a warehouse? Like, yeah, it's, it's just that, that derelict back there. I did not know that. I'm like, wow, what, what, what a change of scenery could do for somebody. It's so strange how places, tourist places, um, places that's bringing in a lot of money, they have so much homelessness and low income um, living and everything. It's, it's really bad in a lot of those places. I've heard, um, New, I've been to New Orleans and I've seen New Orleans. And they bring so much money in New Orleans. Where I am, Las Vegas, this is a tourist town. It, and it, probably because of the gambling, <laughs> I'm thinking, but it's so much homelessness. And so it, um, there's um, a place where a lot of blind people meet here. And there's so many blind people who don't have enough money or they don't have jobs here for them. And they're um, renting rooms and boarding houses. They're not able to, you know, get their own place and everything because they're not making money here. And I'm like, 
where is all of the money from these casinos going? If not to <laughs> Back into the, the people who need it. You know, it's not going towards people who need it. In Cleveland, the lottery pays, pays for the school system. The teachers here had to fight. They had to go on strike last year to get the money that they normally get. Not even get a raise because they were getting ready to cut the budgets to the schools here. And I'm like, why are they cutting the budgets? All of this money coming into these casinos. What are the casinos paying for? Well, and it's, it's, it's so crazy. Just not, don't want to be stuck on Las Vegas and the casinos, but it's just crazy how so many places are quote unquote tourist spots and they're bringing in all of this money, but none of the money is going into the city. Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer, um, I don't know how it is like in, in Nevada, you know, with, you know, for like blind folk to get black programs, but I'm like, I told you, I'm, bl- I'm glad that we're blessed to be in Texas because they they just giving it away, but a lot of blind folk here don't want to take advantage of it. But you, you you know, like I said, I go to college for free down here. Because I was gonna say, I heard that you guys can go to college for free. That is mm-hmm. awesome. If I was there, I would be just a professional student. Come on student. down. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> I don't want you to go to Austin because I don't want you to get hurt. But, but you know, Austin is is a, is a very a very blind friendly um atmosphere. Tell her, Joetta. It is, but right now it's insane. It's insane now with the, with those protests, but when it's normal, oh man, Austin's the the most blind friendly city in 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 the state. I wish Houston was getting like that. And I'm trying to work on that, but like I say, I'm blessed to be in Texas because again, any public university or college is free for us, mm-hmm. as long as we have mm-hmm. our certificate of blindness. Mm-hmm. You know. It's just like, and like you talked to with um, Becca about, about the pity party. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, you blind, you lost your eyesight. I understand that. I was in, your, in that boat a few years ago, but I got over it. What made me get over it, I saw blind folk living a life. Not trying to quote the NFB, but yeah. You know, and I don't know how it is in Arizona which, with, with Becca and Kim, but I thought... I thought it was all free for all blind students to go to college for free. I thought it was. I learned something new. I don't know if college is free for blind people here. I haven't. No, no, you can apply for assistance, but um, no, do you mean anybody assistance can apply with, for assistance? Yeah, that's assistance with pain. Now, do they have like disabled like assistance for like making your classes ex- like your materials accessible and stuff Kim? oh yeah 88 yeah um, i i have not gone to school as a blind person but i do have um friends that are going to school and i know that um they do connect with the disability departments at their college campuses mm-hmm. and um get the accessible um materials that they can same here with us but basically what you do before um, school starts, like right now, like me, I would just go to my, my school and, and talk to my ADA counselor and, and get an accommodation letter drawn up. You know, we, we go over what's reasonable. I'll sign it, she'll sign it, and then I'll get a, a few more copies and give it to my teacher. But like, um, I was telling you too, Joe, my, my, my teacher last year, he didn't even want to accept the, um, the accommodations on there. Even though he accepted the letter, I'm like, you, you just broke the law. You do know I that. remember that. I remember that. Yeah. He's no longer there, thank God. But like he, he doesn't know that he could have bought a lawsuit up on the school. Mm-hmm. 
but it's again about being an advocate too. Again, yeah, Texas won't like, like this at first. If it wasn't for Judge Chris Cole, who, who our school was named after, he was a, a blind um, judge, a, I mean, a blind congressman. He's the reason why we have all this stuff in, in Texas now. You know, he fought for that. And I'm trying to continue that legacy. It's just, it takes all of us to do that. It just can't be not one voice. That's really fascinating. Hey, guys, can I talk to you guys about a few things? Sure. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I believe that Brandon said previously that the max recording time on these videos, because we're doing it through Zoom, is three hours, and I think we're approaching two and a half hours now. Oh, okay. okay. And so we might want to think about wrapping it up, but for, like, since we were all wanted to talk about technology today, but it's so involved, Next week, if each person wants to pick one technology, whether it's JAWS or voiceover or a tactile technology Ira, or something or different, and just and perhaps like, be ready to talk for five or ten minutes about it, you know? Okay. Jennifer. And I have a question. Uh, Leon, would uh -huh. you be able to do some research about Chris Cole and maybe give a little report next week about this? fascinating individual mm -hmm. who apparently was like a, a quite an accomplished blind man you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and yep. i i you know the first time i ever heard chris cole i think joetta mentioned the name of that school and right away it said to me that there's something special about that school so if you would be ready next week to share a little bit more about chris cole the guy that the school is named after that would be mm -hmm. great okay and jennifer i'm a i know you, um do you have be miles on your phone um, I do. I never use it, but I do have it. <laughs> hey, um, now they got a thing where you can um, hook it up to Siri and say, call a volunteer. You don't even have to go through the app. Okay. But there's other stuff that, that, can help, that can help you with your child's stuff, like Ira, but I don't want you to pay for that. So I can give you a real I Jennifer, yeah. I have two sons, and my oldest son, I mean, my younger son was sick when he was born, so, like, right away when he was born, it became a matter of his health. But my older son was five when my younger son was born, and so the first few years of my older son's life, he had me co completely to himself, right? And mm -hmm. during the first few years of his life, I actually taught him to read before he went to school. You remember those plastic letters and numbers with the magnets on the back? That, yeah, that you put on a refrigerator. Yeah, I got some of those when my son was little, and I would hold the letter up so he could see it, because my handwriting was atrocious, right? I didn't want to try to write mm -hmm. the letters and confuse him. So I got the, mag the hard plastic magnet ones, and I would hold the letter up, and I would say, B, B, right? And I did mm -hmm. that with him every day. You know what? I start with the, like, I did like the first two letters of the alphabet the first couple weeks, you know, and you know, you just work with your kids. My son knew how to read when he went to school because of what I did. You can also teach your daughter. You have a girl, right? You can teach yeah. her her numbers. You can teach her to write. You can well, teach she, her she so has, much stuff. She has all of that. We're working on teaching her to read. You know what? I'm not really concerned about what I can teach her at home. She's she actually started preschool last year, ready for kindergarten. Yeah, her teacher said so. So she's ahead of the game. I want to keep her ahead, and we are. I'm I'm working on teaching her to read. I got her some um, beginner reading books. 
that my mom, we go to my mom's house on the weekend. So my mom's going to mm-hmm. work with that. And I am getting some magnets so that we, so I can put, start putting phrases like on the refrigerator for, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach her to read that way. So that's, that part at home is not a big deal to me, but she is going to have to be involved in school. And I want her mm-hmm. to keep up with what's going on in school. So that mm-hmm. was the part that concerned me, making sure that she's keeping, that she's doing what, she's doing what she's doing at home, but she's also doing what she has to do at school because that's where she gets her grade. You know what I mean? Like that's where she gets her grade. So I just want to make sure that she has that together. And I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know what they're teaching them in kindergarten. And it may be something that she already knows and we can continue to work on, but you know, I just have they provided you with um, a computer for her or anything like that. She doesn't need one. They um okay. they said that they were they were giving away Chromebooks, but they said the Chromebooks just have the internet on them. They don't have like anything else. And they she has a, a iPad, so they said oh, as long okay. as she has an iPad or a tablet, she's good. And I have a computer, um, okay. an extra computer in case she needs that. But I don't know what they're gonna be doing online and if it's accessible yeah. because it may be something that I need to read and work with her with. And that's where my concern is. Not in. yeah. So yeah. Kim, okay, our next question is for you. Same thing, but except for with your kid, with your children, um, are they providing stuff that they need, and how are you coping with this as a blind um parent? Well, because it, it's it, it it's my boyfriend's children, mm-hmm. and um, but they their school did provide them with computers, um, and um, because they each are taking classes. Um, online and they're responsible for the majority of the work because the teacher cannot be online with them all day because they have kids in the classroom as well. Um, So that's where they're splitting their time. But the teachers have to um, communicate with the parents every single day about what's going on in the classroom and what's going on with the child so that everybody's on the same page. Mm -hmm. And that's that's kind of new because sometimes that obviously that's something we had to ask for before and now um it's it's expected um so that's kind of a good thing i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i was brainstorming since this have it happened said if i was a, a parent now i would take both all three of y'all's advice and just go to like hobby lobby or Coles or michaels and get those stencil out letters and numbers I think that's how I would teach my my child to read. But I give me I ideas now. When they start getting into math, yeah, I'm learning that right now. I'm learning that right now how to do that. I took a math placement test about six years ago. I want to say maybe longer than that. And I was, you, this lady was asking me these questions, and I'm like. I don't even know what you're saying to me right now. And it was nuts because I got A's in math throughout school. I right. don't think I've gotten anything lower than an A in math. And she said, well, this is like first grade math. I'm like, the devil is a lie. That is not what this means. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what you're asking. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like English. So like when she gets into math, we're both going to need a tutor. <laughs> yeah, that might be where something... Um, like, I be my eyes comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Like I say, 
I don't know, how, you know, about y'all state stuff about, you know, vocational training like it is in, in Texas, but, you know, I'm still learning as, as I go. I, it's a lot of stuff I learned this summer that I, I could have been had when I was in school, you know, but, hey, you, you know, you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And I know that, I, that the state will, uh, will pay for a tutor for me. I did not know that. But, like, I'm just glad we here that me and Jordan are here in Texas. I wish I'd come down here and live. We've got better stuff. This don't, this don't, change, the, this don't change the laws. Then I'll get upset. We're three hours apart, by the way. <laughs> I'm yeah, in I'm, San Antonio. I'm, I'm in Hurricane Alley. Hurricane Alley? <laughs> yeah, he's in Houston. Yeah, we got another tropical storm coming this way. Well, I, I bid y'all to do because I got to call my counselor now for school. Okay. Okay, Leon. So, Thank you, Leon. Leon, next week, remember, we're just going to all be talking about technology. So decide what technology you want to talk about next week, okay? Okay. And, and oh, yeah, and by Chris Cole, too. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And please be ready to talk about Chris Cole for sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Right, I enjoyed all of this adult conversation. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, ladies, my life, is, my life is Nick Jr. and Barbie Dolls. I've enjoyed this adult conversation. <laughs> well, Jennifer, yes. I'm really glad you were able to join us today. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so. Um, do either of you have anything else you would like to add or any other topics you'd like to talk about today? Pekka, I listened to your book over the weekend. Oh, you did? I did. The Audible version? Yes. Oh, wow. What did you think of it? I, I was, um, I had a hard time not, or stopping, um, because there were parts that I really, really related to. And then there were parts that I really felt for you. Um, You had quite the the upbringing (laughs) or maybe not, not the upbringing. You know, I, I feel like my parents didn't finish raising me. I feel like I didn't finish raising myself, you know? Right. Um, And I, I even, um, I said to my mom this week because she um, she came and took me to the doctors this week, and I I said you know you really should read this book because I went through so many um, so much so many ups and downs with her and I blamed her for a lot of things as a teenager and I said but this is this was real <laughs> the, what happened between you and your family was just awful. Well, thank you. So would you go on and write a review of it, Kim, since you read it? I think I did. On but yeah, on Audible. Or, or on I'm, Amazon, however it works. I think it's actually on Amazon, right? Where you can okay, I'm not sure. I know afterwards it asked me to write something. So. Oh, well, What's thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you enjoyed my story. Now, that's the, that's the story we're making the movie based on. Okay. So, What's the name of your book, Becca? It's called Because You're Blind by Rebecca S. Meadows. I love Audible. So <laughs> oh, I do too, man. So let me ask you this. Have you ever, um, I have 
have you ever written a book for someone? The reason why I'm asking is because I have a story, but I don't have the attention span to write it. (laughs) I can tell it. (laughs) But I'm having difficulties getting it written. You know, that's an interesting concept, and I bet I could help you with that, Jennifer. But give me a month or two, because I just finished the first draft of my second book, and it's quite long. And so I'm reviewing it now. And once I'm done with that, then I'm going to be sending it off to Joetta, because I'm trying to get the second book edited properly and get it uploaded. Well, I want to get it recorded for Audible and uploaded to Amazon and stuff, too. And, mm-hmm. but then I'll be ready to tackle another project. And because if I'm going to help you write your life story, then I'm going to need to interview you, you know, over the phone and stuff and learn a lot about you and take notes and stuff. And then kind of, you know what I mean? Yep. I know. Um, or I can just tell you how to write a story about yourself, how I did it, you know, which would probably be better because let me tell you, there's a lot of stuff that comes to you when you're writing your own story. And um, stuff that you wouldn't normally think to share with another person. You know what I mean? I thought you think that's what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, I thought... I appreciated it's, your it's, personal perspective. <laughs> it's easier when you do it yourself because all mm-hmm. of a sudden, like Becca just said, things that you totally forgot about will come to the fore yeah. and bring yeah. itself back to your memory. And when you get through, because I'm in the process of doing the same thing about this disorder I live with. And believe me, before it's over, said and done, there's going to be a lot of you in that book and mostly on the floor, too. Right. Because it's gonna, it's, it, that's all there is to it. It's going to be a lot of you in that book. If you want that book to work, you got to open up. Well, we're going to talk because I believe that I can write it. I'm a excellent writer of short stories (laughs) but I think that I need structure if I want to write um anything about myself like I can tell the story I can talk Mm -hmm. all day but it's just getting it written down it doesn't come out the same as if I'm just telling you the story so Jennifer there's a process you know and like if I explain the process to you you probably could write your own story dude it's like so can you want me to just tell you real quick how I started yeah So, of course, you need to figure out where you want to start your story and kind of end it. And I knew it was obvious to me where my starting point was and where my ending point was. So that wasn't too hard for me. But then what I did was I went and I started with just basically a brainstorming session. And I sat down and I wrote all of the other big things between the start and the end point, the major things that happened in the story that I wanted to talk about. And then, of course, you go in and there's little details. You know what I mean? And after a Mm -hmm. while, you've got several pages and then you've got a whole book eventually. You know what I mean? And so that's how I would recommend you start. Um, Anyway. And then from there, I can help you, you know, once you get some ideas down and some, a rough draft going. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to talk a lot. (laughs) So does anybody else have anything they'd like to talk about today? I'm done. Okay. Okay. I have to go and check on the kid. 
<laughs> okay, well, then, guys, I'm going to close the show, okay? Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us today on Becca's World. I'm your host, Blind Becca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Blind View. Please like, share, and hit the subscribe button. Oh, and you can email us at info at bluebutterflyenterprises.com if you'd like to be part of the show. Thank you. Peace out. Thank you for watching Becca's World. Please like, share, and subscribe to my channel.